Hey everyone, Meet Kevin here. Welcome back to another episode of The Meet Kevin Show. Today, we get to talk about three of my absolute favorite things, uh, plus what, one of my pastime favorite things, which is also still has a very important place in my heart. We're going to talk about Tesla, Bitcoin, tech, and real estate, because we are talking to Sarah Dietschy, tech YouTuber, rhymes with peachy, uh, and we're going to be talking about all of these topics. Uh, Sarah also just left New York and moved to Texas which I'm personally really jealous about. <laughs> Welcome aboard, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. Hey guys, I'm so excited. This is the first interview I feel like I've done in a while where I'm kind of nervous because I am such a big fan of you, Kevin and Lauren, and I literally watch you every single day. I feel like I oh haven't watched someone consistently since like, I mean, OG YouTube days 10 years ago, I would watch like Grace Helbig every day and I haven't had that in a while. And, and now it's through your channel, like learning about finance and it's so fun. So this is an honor. I am so That's stoked right now. <laughs> I mean, even what you just said is an odd. Thank you for that. Because I remember I was with Lauren at VidCon uh, 2016. And uh, oh, that's the we, year we just everything happened. Grace. Uh, you know, just seeing Grace was just like, oh my gosh. You know? <laughs> that oh my is, God, Grace that is, is such an OG. Thank you for that. Of course, of course. So, such a big fan. I want to thank you. I want to start with uh, you just sold Bitcoin. Tell us about that. I saw your video. The internet really, was really not happy video. about that, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got kind of grilled for it. So okay. let's see. This past year has been fun because uh, beyond me getting into what you talk about every day, the normal stock market, really Bitcoin came first in 2017 with the first rise. Um, you know, a lot of people are paying attention, but it was kind of this thing. I was like, this makes sense. This is fun. Um, you know, I've done the responsible thing, like contributed to my SEP every year. My parents have told me, you know, just what to do, but I never uh, was into trading, but I did the responsible thing, right? I saved long-term savings. Bitcoin was kind of uh, my first entry point into just being interested at all in finance and currency and all that stuff. So that started in 2017. You know, I bought my first slice of Bitcoin. I think it was like 0.3 Bitcoin. Um, it was the price point was at 4,800 at the time. Um, and then, you know, you saw that crazy rise. I think it got to like 19,000 and then people kind of forgot about it. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, and then summer, uh, this this past year when everything was going to crap during March, it was very interesting because I was like, okay, Bitcoin's moving with the market. This is interesting. Everyone said that it wouldn't do this, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so when everyone was liquidating all of that in March, I was kind of freaking out, but I was like, okay, Sarah, listen, do you believe in this, right? Um, and I just put more in and there's been a lot of moments, you know, where I would set up kind of reoccurring payments. Uh, so I'd be investing around the 10,000 mark and stuff. So basically in that video, I just documented from 2017 to 2020, um, you know, when I contributed to Bitcoin and then I basically sold. So it was, I think it was like a total of like $14,000 that I then sold for $59,000 total. And I bought a Model Y. Tesla because I just moved to Texas and I needed a car and it, that upset I mean, that people. Is, that is so <laughs> cool though. I mean, it, yeah. so you, you put in a 14 over time, you were buying as of 17. So that means you, you've ridden this thing through some pretty crazy waves. I mean, not yes. just 17, 18, but also 2020. Yes. And I was watching uh, one of the live streams you were doing with like Kathy Wood and uh, you know, it was one of the reaction videos. I, for, I forget what live stream it was, but she said something super 
relatable. Um, and I'm 26, so I'm kind of of this millennial generation that I think is just starting to care about finances, finances, yeah. stock market, right? And so she said, you know, these people coming up, they are learning very fast. Uh, you know, you talk about the psychology of money all the time and you learn faster when you lose than when you win. And it no, was <laughs> in 2017, my first experience was, of course, I like to brag that my first purchase was, you know, at 40, uh, 4,800, but I also did buy to. some more. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's brag about it. But you know, my <laughs> second purchase was like at 14,000 when it was just riding that wave up and then it just came crashing down. So super early on, I got to learn <laughs> because I, I kind of felt the burn, right? Um, mm. it was kind of like a flash in the pan. And so I think I was super lucky to learn with Bitcoin. Um, that was kind of my my first, um, I would say, experience in the market. It's not the market, but you, you know what I'm saying. Um, and so when it came to this past year, I was kind of like, okay, when things are red, you buy. When things are green, you don't buy. And so I, I you know, it helps kind of learn the, the psychology of that. Um, and so I learned fast. Yeah. I think that's so great. I mean, uh, it's it's so true because it it feel in a weird way it feels better to buy when things are green. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, as we buy when things are green and then then things pull back, we're like, oh, this is when we should be buying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. And in the in the beginning, when you're just starting, it is so hard to go against that green, right? It doesn't oh, make God. sense. But then when you start asking, you know, some older people in your life, you gain some perspective. Um, that's really how I began to learn just about the market and finance, because I grew up with my grandparents giving me $50 worth of Coke stock for Christmas instead of a toy. So as a kid, I was just like, what the heck? I want a toy. Why are you in, you know, it went in my college account, which was great, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't understand at the time, but I had kind of people around me that when I was ready, I was able to ask, ask these questions and, you know, people who are older have a little bit more perspective. Like, look, there's ups and downs, but ultimately everything really goes up, you know? And if we have kind of like a black swan event, like we did with COVID and everything is going to crap anyways, if it's going to be like end of the world, then who's going to care about the stock market anyways? You know? <laughs> oh, that is great. So yes, it's like no kidding. you're waiting for this crazy event where like there's meteors and just like <laughs> the world ends. No one's going to care about that Tesla stock you have anyways. But <laughs> the 99% chance of like the world being fine eventually in five or 10 yep. years, that's when it's going to pay off to actually just, you know, put put some stuff in. That is such that is such a great uh, a reference or analogy. I think that's awesome. Wait, so you, did you actually find you had supportive people around you? Because I, I I talk to a lot of people. They talk to their friends or family about the stock market, and a lot of people out there just ah, that's rigged. You can't play in that game again. Yeah. Out of that. That is a super good point because that okay. So the more I learned about it, and luckily this is something that I'm a very passionate person. So. 10 years ago when video editing was everything that I cared about, like nothing else mattered, right? And I think that's why I have gone on and had a you know semi-successful YouTube channel and that's great. So recently in the past you know two, three years when it comes to finance and I'm actually super passionate about it, um, it's like nothing else matters. And that's why I've just been addicted to your YouTube channel oh. and just the, just, you know, the corners of the internet that you find it, it is super fun. Um, and so really I've, I've learned a lot from the internet, but I will say I'm, I'm lucky because my dad is so 
into this stuff. Um, he, I think I showed briefly in my last video, like his, his office, he has like a crazy, probably, you know, it's a little similar to you. Um, just like monitors everywhere, a TV with all of his, you know, sticks, um, showing what the market's doing every day. He's so into, uh, I'm, I would say I'm kind of a Bitcoin maximalist. Um, but he is so into like all the other coins and the crypto and he watches, he even goes down more a rabbit hole on YouTube. So I I do have that support. And luckily, um, I grew up in a household that was very open about money and was very open about like, oh, that's cool that you want to go to Disney World, Sarah. But see, this is how much money I bring home. This is how much money I give your mom. This is how much money we have to live. So if you want to keep going to basketball camp, guess what? We're not going to Disney World. Um, <laughs> but it was like a very uh, open, like I, I didn't grow up thinking money is weird or evil. The more you learn, ironically, the more you get bummed out because you're like, oh my God, this is rigged. What is this? But you're like, well, if that's the way you think, you might as well get in and like get in on the action, right? I don't know. Yeah. So, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too personal, but did, did your parents get divorced? No, no. No, 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 because you're maybe it was just me in, in my head because you were talking about uh, these open finances and hey, like we this is the money we have and this is what right. we don't have. They were just, uh, super it just reminded good with me of, of my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it reminded me of my childhood piece. And again, maybe this was just me imputing here. So sorry about that. My parents got divorced and mm -hmm. I always had these, these, uh, I still to this day have these memories of, uh, you know, my dad saying, oh, we've, look, we've only got 10 twenties left. That's it. That's, that's all I got because I, I just wanted another Bionicle, you know, I just wanted another N64 game, you know, <laughs> Bionicles. Oh my gosh. Me and my brother. That's all we would do by, oh my gosh, you just triggered something. <laughs> So I, deep and, inside, and they, but... they, they changed the bottles too. I got so mad because they used to be like really yes. round and they changed like, it was, oh. yes. <laughs> we still have some of those. That's so funny. No. And I don't want to pretend because, because I, I know your story and I don't want to pretend that I grew up, um, you know, without a lot of things, but we were just very normal middle class. Uh, an analogy that I love that I heard somewhere is like, there's three types of middle class, a family that never goes to Disney World, goes to Disney World once, and then goes to Disney World every year. So we were in the middle. <laughs> we, we went to Disney World once. Um, okay. So I don't want to pretend that, you know, I we were down to our last 10, 20s or anything. It was a very um, normal childhood and awesome. I'm so grateful for it, but they were just very practical and they were like, Hey, if you want that PSP, like let's go down, uh, you know, down to the new neighbors. They have some little kids you can babysit. I'll, I'll help you do that intro. So I mean, I'm very, awesome. yeah, I'm, I'm super grateful for how I was raised. Cause it's like, they just gave me the flexibility. Um, but at the same time it was like, Hey, if you want something, Let's correlate it with working. And I think that's a lot of the reason why I'm just like here today. So I'm, I'm super grateful. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and I mean, I love your YouTube channel. I, I kind of wish you posted more. Is it a What's going on? I know. I know. I mean, honestly, this, okay. Something really weird happened this past year where of course it was chaotic and the world was going to crap. Um, so I, I dealt with some stuff of just like making sure my person was okay. There was some like mental hurdles I had to go through. Um, but with that, I posted less, but I took more time with each video. And what I found is my channel actually did so much better with posting less, but I think kind of the audience and the people coming to my channel who didn't know me before kind of 
um, they just felt that like, oh, this person spends time on our videos and she cares. And I got to really cover oh, yeah. concepts that I'm excited about, you know? So yeah. this next year, I mean, right now, yeah, things are super chaotic with the move. So I need to post more. Um, but that's a lot about what this move is about. I want to work from home. I bet it's so nice for you to just like go over to your garage and start filming and then go hang out with your kids and Lauren, you know, in the next second. So that's what I'm really focusing on right now is, okay, how can I work from home? How can I get like a good setup where I don't have to, um, where there's just less barriers. So I'm working on the quantity, Kevin, I'm getting there. No, good. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I look forward to your videos. Thank I, you. I, 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 your tech reviews are awesome. What, uh, why, after your last Bitcoin video, and we'll talk more about uh, your Model Y as well, but after your last Bitcoin video, you said you got some heat for having sold. Do you think you'll go into talking more about cryptos? Because you seemed mm -hmm. really knowledgeable about uh, you know, what was going on with Coinbase, everything. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I feel like you've got more research on this than I do, and I think it's <laughs> awesome. I wanna hear it. Thank you, thank you. Um, I think personally, I won't, dive in immediately just because I knew before I made this video because I'm such an observer and part of this community but I'm not really you know I make tech videos so this is kind of like my side thing that not a lot of people know about so that's why it's so fun talking to you um half of it is I want to make sure I can come to the space with credibility and knowledge I don't want to just like blow any smoke um because there's yeah. with the crypto space and with honestly the finance space uh, as a whole there's a lot of bullshit, you know? Sorry, I don't know. Oh, There's yeah, a lot of BS. No, no, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're live. Sorry. No, it's totally fine here. <laughs> um, there's a lot of BS and I, I don't want to be a part of that basically. So that's half of it. Um, and the other half is because I'm a part of it, I know how it can get kind of toxic. And so it's kind of for like my mental health. I'm like, I am super confident when I talk about tech, when I talk about some of these things. And um, I knew with posting last video, I'm like, you just got to brace for the comments because they're going to be bad. Um, and, you know, that was something that I could confidently talk about. But still, there is there's people that um, were calling me stupid. Are you kidding me? Hoddle forever. And I'm like, OK, so how much like when was the first time you bought Bitcoin? And and I know I'm it's not about being no, first. Like, trust ask, me. But ask me I, I wasn't. No, yeah, I was talking uh, about. I was talking about like the the audience who was commenting bad things. Oh, you oh know? rhetorically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I was kind of like, hey, if you want to leave a bad comment, tell me about all of your genius investments and were you able to hold when the world didn't care and everything was going to crap? And I'm sure you can relate to that a lot with your Tesla stock, right? There's many times when the world is like, Tesla is dead recently. <laughs> Yes, yes. It, it, you're so true. You're so right about this. I mean, uh, it's it's. I think it's easy in a comment, and I see this all the time too. Which this is. These are the things that get toxic. I'm like, oh yeah, well I'm up fifteen hundred percent on this or whatever. People leave a comment. It's like, great. So like your ten dollars turned into like a hundred dollars, like mm -hmm. or one hundred fifty dollars. So I, you know, there's there's so much more to portfolios and returns and and being real about our finances and a lot of that gets lost in in commentary but the commentary mm -hmm. can have a serious effect on people where if yeah. just common after common after common is tesla sucks tesla sucks bitcoin you know you're like you're crazy for, it's it is toxic uh it, it is because it, it misses like the greater picture picture sometimes mm -hmm. but i uh one thing i found is at least having that open dialogue can sometimes be helpful uh, mm -hmm. and like for example, I made I've made critical videos of Tesla and I've made critical videos of Bitcoin. I get I get a lot of hate, but within that, 
you do get some people who are like, hey, you know what? Never thought about it that way. And I appreciate yeah. you not just being an echo chamber, right? Yeah. It's just tough to weed through all the madness. <laughs> no, definitely. And you have to pay attention to the the ratio of views and likes to the comments, right? You're a lot yeah. of times you're maybe getting like 30 awful comments, um, which if you take it at face value, comment by comment, that can ruin your day, that can ruin your week, that can ruin your month. But when you oh, yeah. have it in the perspective of everyone else who watched and maybe got from it, and you know, I, cause I sat there and I was like, oh, when is the last time that I commented on a video? I very rarely comment on videos. I watch YouTube so much and I get so much value from it. Um, and, and so I think just that, that perspective is is super huge so so yeah i'm passionate about it and stuff like this is fun kind of like trickling into this world but i don't know if anytime soon i'm going to be making more crypto videos <laughs> gotcha gotcha fair <laughs> enough so and, and uh you were you were frustrated with some of the platforms can, can you talk yes. about that a little bit yes okay so when all the stuff with robin hood was happening i was kind of yeah. shocked because oh my gosh it was terrible. It was insane. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, I've experienced this with Coinbase. It took me two weeks to transfer uh, everything I had in normal Coinbase to pro Coinbase. It many times when, you know, with high traffic volume, when I either wanted to buy or potentially sell. Um, and to be honest, maybe it helps me not selling in, in times of panic. But it's like Coinbase can't take that choice away from me. I can't tell you how many times that I went to check my app and it's just like, oh, it's down. Like it's having maintenance. And it, it's just like, why? And I love Coinbase because it's so beautiful, right? And it, I think it makes it accessible, um, Bitcoin accessible to the everyday Joe. But it was just, it was weird that no one was talking about it. Like every time that things were popping in the past three or four years, Coinbase would just like shut down for maintenance. Oh. And I'm like, this, these people are IPOing. The, they're at the center of, you know, this whole Bitcoin revolution. I want them to do well. And so that was one of, that was the impetus kind of when I forgot what month it was, but it was basically when Bitcoin went all the way to like 40,000 and it just crumbled down to 26, which oh, if you're used yeah. to Bitcoin, like those things happen, right? Um, but during that moment, I was having technical difficulties again. And that was kind of when I was like, screw it. I'm setting a limit. If it goes back up to 38,000, I'm just going to sell everything. And I'm like a very all or nothing person. I can't just like <laughs> sell off a little, right? Um, right. And I was like, this is gonna, this is, this will be $59,000. It'll be the exact amount that I can buy a Tesla Model Y. Um, and if it doesn't happen, I'll just buy a freaking Prius or something. I don't care. Um, <laughs> and That's so, my first car. <laughs> yeah, amazing. So, yeah, it was, it was just one of those moments where, and also like, again, that was around the time when Yellen was making those comments about Bitcoin and how it's only like only terrorists use it. And I was just like, oh. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I said it. And then, um, really like three weeks passed. So I kind of forgot about it. And I woke up in a panic because the first thing I always do is I open up Twitter and I see what happened. And the world was freaking out about Elon Musk again. And I was like, oh no, what did Elon Musk do? <laughs> and people are saying, oh my gosh, he added hashtag Bitcoin to his Twitter profile. And I'm like, oh, wow. my limit probably hit. My limit probably hit. I like ran into my living room. It was like, logging into my computer so it was this That's... weird weird moment of like regret because i'm like yeah 
I've had Bitcoin for the past four years. What do you mean I don't have it anymore? But then I was oh. like, okay, time to buy a Tesla. <laughs> so, I mean, is that uh, what you just described reminds me so much of your story of uh, when when Casey brought uh, mentioned uh, shouted you out. Uh, yeah. Is that kind of the same feeling? That's yeah. I mean, that's a good parallel. One hundred percent. Yeah, I was actually. So at that time I had like 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. I had just dropped yeah. out of college and, um, you know, I kind of woke up to, oh, my favorite vlogger shouting me out in his video. And it was funny cause I, I was actually, um, already at like a very early morning video shoot where I was like doing an interview for, I was living in Nashville at the time. So I was literally doing like a video interview for this thing called the Bible Bee. Um, okay. where like people competed, uh, on like Bible verses or something. I don't know. So it was the oh, most random, random environment. And I was sitting there and I had the cameras rolling and I was just chilling. And then I started checking my phone and I was like, it's like, oh my God, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But I had to finish my job, right? So it, it wasn't as an immediate of an OMG. I had to like, you know, shoot for five more hours, but then I got home oh. and got to enjoy it. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy too. That was uh, five years ago now. I yeah, I, I and I I watched that uh I watched the Casey video that yeah. day and I pretty sure that's when I subbed to your channel. <laughs> I love that. I mean that's so cool. This is one of my favorite parts about YouTube is when you know when you message me, I was like, Oh my god, yeah, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> so it's so cool when people you're you're fans of uh you know, recognize you and are a fan of you too. I mean it's such a cool feeling. I was I was blown out of the water because you were like, I, I don't go on Instagram as much as I should, but I'm like, oh, it was, I watched one of your videos and I'm like, oh, I should message Sarah. And you responded in like two minutes. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is yep. like, you're yep. so I'm on like, it. Wow. Well, okay. I would like to say that, oh yes, I have an assistant and do this, but yeah. you know, being a YouTuber, I'm slightly addicted to social media. So <laughs> I don't know if it's, yeah, a, a symptom or the cause or whatever, but yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter a lot. And Instagram. What, what do you like? Which one do you like better? Twitter, hands down. When everything happened, it's so interesting because Instagram, you know, people are like, oh, it's your highlight reel and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, once the illness happened, I mean, I did not, I just stopped posting Instagram, but then I started tweeting like 20 times a day. It's funny how that stuff happens. Um, but it's like, I don't have anything glamorous to share anymore. I'm not going to cool conferences and meeting up with cool people, um, but I do Good have a point. lot of complaining to do. So let's head to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, it's, oh, I'm following you on. I'm gonna just, I just followed you on Twitter. I, I just started enjoying Twitter actually during the pandemic. So I yeah. feel like I had almost like a similar experience where it was like, it always used to be Instagram because it's like, mm -hmm. oh, like I'm at properties or these cool things are happening like you described. So that's so similar. Yeah. But the news on Twitter is fast. It's so good. So fast. And it's one of those things that if, if you don't kind of set some limits, it can take yeah. over your life. Um, oh, because yeah. I remember at the the beginning of everything, just the influx of not just the rumors, but the just the speculation of how bad things could get. And I mean, honestly, that's what led to a lot of moments of me for the first time ever 
dealing with like real anxiety and like panic attacks. And it was, it was bad. And I think that's why too, in the beginning of the year, you didn't see a lot of me because I was trying to like, just be in a corner of my room and trying to breathe. Um, so yeah, it was, it was tough, but you pedal to the metal, man. Oof, posting four videos a day. I mean, you did it right. <laughs> Yeah, it, I, I don't know if it's healthy, though. It's uh, it's become, uh, at least during the week, it's become one of those things where it's I could literally just wake up at, uh, you know, six, and sometimes it's six or seven at night, and it's just, I, I want to, it's like, there are two more things I want to talk about, but it's like, no, 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 I, I got to <laughs> stop. It's like clawing me out of here. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I, I want to ask you, uh, on, on Bitcoin, you've made a good profit here. You got yourself a Model Y. You talked about in your video how you didn't like getting depreciating assets, but you think the Tesla depreciates less. Uh, do you see yourself getting back into Bitcoin? I already am. <laughs> that's okay. the thing. Yeah, that's the thing that I briefly said in the video, but I think uh, you know. That. Okay. People, yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was very subtle, but again, that that FOMO, especially with something that you actually, I don't have super high conviction with a ton of stuff, um, and so Bitcoin is just one out of five things that I feel very passionately about, um, and so yeah, immediately I basically got in at like. I think like 42 and 44 and then I haven't um, bought much back into it after that. But basically I just set certain limits and when it comes down, I buy a little bit more and, um, and yeah, but I was just listening to the podcast. Oh gosh. I literally wrote down her name because I wanted to talk to you about it. One of your interviews yeah. with what is her name? Lynette Zhang. Okay. Oh, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that interview was so good. And I had never, I am so like, are you going to, you know, carry your gold with you on an airplane? What are you going to do? Like Bitcoin is like the new blah, blah, blah. But I was sitting there listening there and I was like, do I need to get some gold and silver? I'm <laughs> like, this is the <laughs> first interview that I was like, okay, okay. How do I get gold and silver? What do I do to do that? Um, but that was such a good interview. And also, I wanted to ask you one question. I don't know if you have done a video on this, but did you see Chamath's tweets about how basically inflation was uh, good to shrink the in the wealth inequality gap? Yeah, he's he's wrong. <laughs> I, okay, okay, because I was like, I'm like, I need to have an open mind. You know, this person is like a hundred billionaire. He's smart, but I was like, how does inflation help poor people? I was so confused by those tweets. Okay, what was your first reaction with that? Uh, well, I, I read it because I saw it. Uh, I saw it too. I have to go on a private browser to read his, his stuff, though. So usually somebody's like, "Hey, Kevin, can you look at this?" Because he yeah. blocked me. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, so I um, I read his tweet and I get the argument he's making, but I think he's really he's really missing a few points. I was actually thinking about making like a full detailed video on it, but mm -hmm. generally in inflation increases the wealth gap because what happens is right. people who have debt on their real estate or, or margin on stocks, they end up getting returns on their assets, their real estate and stocks above what the level of inflation is. Uh, and their debt becomes much cheaper to pay off. Whereas yeah. it's, it's people with consumer debt, like credit cards, cars, uh, or, or a lower income and no assets, they get destroyed by inflation. So yeah. I, I think he's mis potentially misreading the wealth gap charts uh and, and and so that's that's i think what what the conversation will have to be about okay, yeah. sure the wealth gap 
exploded in a bad way in uh, like 1980 on. So right. I, I want to line up his tweets more with the actual data. Right. I would love to see it. a video on that from you. Because I, I was reading and I was like, you know, it's like a four tweet thread. And I was like, okay. Oh, this seems so wrong. What? And then he was he was going on on how like you know we could be entering a great a great period of um, shrinking the wealth gap. And I'm like, I would I would love for that to happen, but that doesn't seem consistent with what's been going on. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm all for shrinking the wealth gap. I think that's uh, you know it's it's something that uh, yeah I think the big the way to really do that is is help people who aren't invested in assets get into stocks, right. business, and real estate. You know, yeah. th those are the things. Uh, we can include Bitcoin in there, of course. Uh, <laughs> as, as I kind of lump it in with stocks. And are you investing in other stocks too? Yes, yeah. So yeah. I have things kind of separated to where, um, you know, my SEP IRA and some of the more safe stuff I do have with a financial advisor, um, just because when I started making a little bit of money four or five years ago, I could care less about the stock market, but again, shout out to my parents. They were like, hey, you can't, it's bad to just have stuff sitting in cash. And I didn't understand what that meant. And, you know, I think it took me the four year journey to fully understand that. Um, so I was lucky enough to like, even though I wasn't in it, you know, I would talk to my CPA and he would say, hey, you want to maximize your tax savings, uh, contribute this amount to your SEP IRA. I would give that to my financial advisor. I would tell him what I'm into, what I'm not into. But then beyond that, I'm just like, do, do what you need to do. Um, so it wasn't until the past year and a half to where, you know, I kind of just took an account of my own of like 50K and, and started um, doing doing stuff on my own. And I've learned a lot, but it's one of those things where I don't, I don't know, you probably have um, some feelings about this, but when you started at like all time lows, I mean, maybe it, it takes conviction to put your money in when everything is crap. Um, yeah. But when I was starting in uh, kind of March, April, May, everything has just gone up. So I'm not going to sit yeah. here and pretend like I have the secret because, um, you know, things are super frothy right now. And so hopefully people will be able to hold throughout now. And, and I, it, I'm just trying to have a long term, a long term focus. So it's like the, the things that I'm investing in um, in the stock market outside of Bitcoin are things that, you know, I think are going to be 20 year plays. Um, so so I try not to look at it every day. But oh, gosh. times like this, when things are yeah. sliding, it's like, how much more Tesla can I buy, you know, <laughs> um, and, and stuff like that. And then you look at the things. My biggest question, and maybe I can pick your yeah. brain about this. What yeah. how, what's up with Amazon this past year? Oh, gosh, it's been they, since like August. I know. So <laughs> yeah. are people just like, oh, this is already insanely overpriced or what's happening? Because I feel like they rule the world with AWS and all this stuff. So I'm like, yeah. I mean, Amazon, Apple, Google, they're such great, great companies. They're just mm -hmm. deemed so large already that I right. think- uh, How you much have, growth can they actually go? Yeah, yeah. yeah you have, law of large numbers kind of thing. You've got these uh, institutional investors. I call them weenie babies. because They're very emotional. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, you, you've got them 
kind of claiming that Google, Amazon, and Apple are maybe more of like cash parks, which makes yeah. sense because they are large. Uh, and then so really the big trade that happens is, okay, tech's in now. It's it kind of like the institutional funds and such. Whenever tech's doing well, they try to get all their money over there. And then mm -hmm. whenever tech's doing bad, they go all into the other things. And it's, right. it's this back and forth. Fine, if you're an institutional investors, they don't care about taxes. They don't care uh, about really anything other than making sure they don't lose clients. And right. when your mission is don't lose clients, your mm -hmm. clients want to look at their bank statement and go, or, or their brokerage statement and go, oh, well, I know tech's been going down, so you better not be much in tech. And then they look at yeah. the same as like, what are the oh, value good, plays? Good. Yeah, 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 good. You put us in the airlines. You put us in cheesecake <laughs> and less Tesla. Good, good. Okay, I, I won't quit you this month. You, you know, like, yeah. I feel like that, like, demand from the consumer because mm -hmm. of you know, CNBC or whatever, and I'm not trying to blame them, but that demand from the consumer trickles up to the fund managers. They try right. to make sure they don't lose clients. So you have this insane cycle of like stupid rotating that goes on and every swing gets mega amplified. And this is why you, and, and you mentioned her earlier, this is why Kathy Wood, she's got to have like elephant hide his skin because mm -hmm. every time that rotation happens, she just doubles down on, on these 20 year yeah. plays. Yeah, but she gets ragged on so yeah. hard by by yeah. society. Just like everybody's bagging on her and and, and making fun of her, and it's yeah. it's horrible. And it was interesting. I went down a rabbit hole of watching previous clips of her on CNBC and all these places, yeah. especially when she was giving that initial Tesla price target. And it is so fun not to just sit there and watch, you know, the, the host of these things kind of grilling her, but the comments, the comments of people, she has no idea what she's talking about and all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is like the ultimate, um, the, I don't even know what the right word is, but it's just when you have those blinders on and, and you're just focused on the future, it really does pay off, but it's so hard to do it in the current. She is like my hero. She is so it. cool in a world yeah. of just like all of these finance bros. I love, I love Kathy Wood. If you need to get her on, I am so excited for that moment for you, Kevin. I can't It'll wait. I, I, I'm looking forward to that as well. One day, one day. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you're, you're so right because it's also in these times when tech, for example, is doing rough or like the higher value, maybe the higher beta stocks are, are doing rougher. She's almost like this guiding beacon somewhere where it's like, no, 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 stay the course. You know, it's like another person to look to. And well, whereas mm -hmm. at the same time, you've got all, you know, all these other fundies on, on Twitter or elsewhere going, the rotation is real. We're going mm -hmm. all in on travel. It's, it's like, fine, fine. You know, like I'm not saying <laughs> making money and travel is bad. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I want everybody to win, but, but don't bag on the 20 year plays either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such a, uh, what's the right word? Interesting, but exciting hobby to have. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. I guess, more of a hobby for me. It's really your life. But um, one thing that I will say is it's never not boring. And so um, <laughs> even though you're not supposed to wake up and compulsively check your account, like that's, that's not a good way to build wealth, you know, people. Yeah. Um, it's just fun. And it kind of does yeah. seem like a game. And you, you, the more you learn, the more you do, you do feel like, oh, why are these people 
um, like they, you know, the, these rich people don't deserve to be the ones making all this money, but then you just take a step back and you're like, okay, me complaining about this isn't going to do anything. So how can I be a small part of the system? Even if you think the system isn't the best, right. And that's kind of what I've come to terms with this past year personally, but, um, it's, it's also fun. It, it is. Yeah. And, and what you mentioned earlier, too, was so valid about uh, try not to look at maybe your portfolio every day. Like, let me see what, what stocks are doing, but try to avoid here because yeah. the, the emotional roller coaster could be something. Mm -hmm. uh, and you, I like having things know? separated, too. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry for interrupting. No, go ahead. But Tell me about I, that. How do you yeah. do that? I, so I almost have, it's kind of like my play money is my personal stuff. I have enough in there to where it would make a dent if, you know, my bets paid off, but, um, kind of mentioning having also a financial advisor allows me to remove myself from like the chunk of my money. I know you wouldn't ever do that because you're in it every day, but I have so much stuff that you know, whether it's just a laptop review or whatever running my business entails. I can't sit there and really, really check that every day. So having that separation with that person with separate accounts that I don't check all the time nice. helps me a lot to, you know, when times are tough, I'm not like it's it just seems too difficult and hard to be like, take me out of the market. You know, it's I, I wouldn't be doing that. So um, yeah. that has helped me a ton having that separation to where okay maybe the accounts that i'm investing are alongside my you know my checking and the stuff that i check often but the chunk of it that i just need to not look at and i'll just keep adding to my nest egg is kind of over here and i i won't worry about that you know yeah it's brilliant yeah absolutely just set it and forget it almost yeah uh I, did you notice by the way you mentioned gamification i uh for some reason YouTube put me trending on gaming twice on oh, stock videos. My gosh. I mean, it makes sense. You know, <laughs> that is so funny. What were the videos? So, uh, yeah, one of them was so here. Uh, let's see. I, so I, found, I pulled one of them. I don't know where the second one is, but uh, I'll find it here. So, uh, one sec. Let's do this. And then here you go. So this is one of them here. Margin update and selling stocks. My market crash problem. Number 45 <laughs> trending for gaming. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, so that was one. And then I think the other one I put on my community tab. And I'm like, what? Is there like an overlap of of users as to why the algorithm is picking this up? You know, our I mean, it like makes really sense, right? I mean, maybe take a look at this. So here's the other one, 38 on gaming. Fed just pulled the rug on bailout. How bad is, I'm holding a newspaper. <laughs> like, what? Oh my gosh, yeah. that is so funny. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it, it kind of relates though to like the whole thing that we hear in the media all the time, like, oh, the gamification of stocks mm -hmm. and get our fireworks in Robinhood. Are you ever gonna go back to Robinhood, by the way? I never started. So oh. I never, I didn't trust Robinhood from the start. I'm sorry. They like from the beginning, I just didn't have good feelings. Um, like, I don't want to sound boring, but I use Fidelity for my personal stuff. Um, it's not like the sexiest thing, um, but it works. And then I use public a little bit to just, I essentially put like $3,000 spread out. It's kind of like my own like tech index that I just don't add to that kind of like gives me a pulse on like where things are. Um, 
And so, yeah, I do have kind of things separated like that, you know, in different, different accounts, but um, yeah, I never even started a Robin hood. Ah, okay. Are, are you going to? No, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. <laughs> what about, uh, what about gaming though? Do you game? Okay. So Halo. That was yes. my thing. I was like, I was big into Xbox as a kid. Um, and I was lucky enough where my dad worked for Microsoft. So I got like $20 Whoa. Xbox games. Yeah. So it was one of those things where like, I was as much of a Halo kid as you could possibly be. Like Master Chief was my hero. Um, oh. And that, and like, you know, I had the other gaming consoles, but really just like the OG Xbox and the Xbox 360, NCAA, all that stuff. Um, but once you get a job and you grow up, it's so hard to keep up with that stuff. But I know you still yeah. still game a little bit, but um, I got a little bit into cyberpunk, but I am so bad at mouse and keyboard. So I have the new Xbox. So I've just been playing the Master Chief collection, uh, kind of oh. doing the campaign from start to finish. And it's it's so nostalgic and it's just, oh, it's like pure happiness. Oh man, that's that's <laughs> so amazing uh, that I should do that. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, Halo One. I played that uh, so regularly. Such great memories of playing that regularly mm -hmm. with my dad. I even memorized the the intro to what is it? The enemy has captured Captain Keys, and they're holding him <laughs> aboard one of their cruisers. The truth wow. and reconciliation. <laughs> you know, like I love that. That is <laughs> super impressive. Dun, 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 yeah. Oh dun. my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like Halo, and they're supposed to come out with a new one here soon, right? In, yeah, Infinite or Infinity Wars yeah, or something like that. I mean, like I was so disappointed. I know I was disappointed until the cyberpunk launch and uh, the mess that that was after that. I was like, you know what? Halo guys, take your time. I don't care yeah, if this game true. doesn't come out for another three years. If you're going to delay us and like put us through this. Yeah. I would just like you to deliver whenever that is, right? Yeah. It was, it, it was, yeah, the whole cyberpunk launch was, and I don't know, I played it and I thought it was super fun and beautiful, but I wasn't sitting there waiting for it for 10 years. So I didn't have the hype that everyone else did. Um, and so the gaming world is so, that's another world that I'm, it's like a hobby, but I'm not going to jump, jump, you know, straight in because it's, people are so passionate about it and I'm going to let them. I'm gonna let them just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'll that's make an Xbox point. video every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's see. Uh, so back into uh, Bitcoin. Uh, you said you've kind of got like a tech index. Uh, or, or do you go big Tesla, or like it, would you say Tesla would almost tie with your Bitcoin investments? Um. So I still. That's a good question. Let me actually look. Um. Sure. So I. Let's see, Bitcoin, I probably have, I probably have like, okay, see, this is really depressing, actually. This is no. maybe embarrassing to admit here, live in front of everyone. But, you know, so I, I have this play where over four years, I invest 14,000, it turns into 59K. Boom, amazing. Um, but then recently, you know, investing in between 40 and 50, I've already put, oh my God, your mug's amazing. Um, I've already put in more than the past four years. So I think I have like 29,000 back into Coinbase. And then okay. um, with my- oh, back to Coinbase. Yeah, pro Coinbase. Pro Coinbase has treated me well. Normal Coinbase, I tell people, um, I tell people to just avoid that at all costs, mm. just because oh. the fees are high. It's so yeah. unreliable, maybe because there's less people in pro Coinbase that it maintenance isn't as bad. Um, but it was, 
Yeah, I was about to switch when it took almost two weeks to transfer from normal Coinbase to pro Coinbase. So if you're going to do that transfer, just allow some time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have, I mean, I would say my Tesla, I mean, so my personal, and I don't know if this is weird, you're very transparent. So I think I can be transparent with the audience. So my normal personal investment account is just 50K. Um, and that's just kind of like what I play around with. And then the other chunk of my money is just with the dude who invests for me. So I know a lot of people in your audience are so involved, so they probably hate hearing that. Um, but yeah, it's heavily in the stuff that I know. So the anything that goes beyond tech, ironically, is stuff like beyond <laughs> um, stuff yeah. that has been doing terribly. But again, I believe is going to be part of the bigger 10, 20 years. Um, and yeah, I mean, I have a good deal of Tesla. That's always fun to kind of look at, um, you know, the cost basis. And I'm, I was not, I'm not like you. I was not super early, but I think oh, I didn't start in a big way until the stock split. Um, and yep. people were freaking out around the split. And I was just like, I mean, this seems like it's going to do very well. So that's when I put the majority in. And then recently, um, and then, yeah, just like Shopify, NVIDIA, I have a little bit of arc, but I already have, I have the arc that I'm not into, uh, you know, like the genomic stuff um, and the yes. fintech. I, I don't really yeah. do the other ones because I'm already so involved in tech um, on my own. Um, but that's, yeah. That's smart. I, I like that because that's for me too, which is like, I'm having such trouble trying to pick genomic related starts. I'm like, I should just put it into ArcG. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So stuff like that, I'll let Kathy do for me. But yeah, yes. and you know, I, I was reading some comments and maybe because even though you are a finance channel, I, I feel like I'm still not an expert on the level of some of the people that you've had on here, but I saw people kind of talking about college um, in, in a way that was was very interesting. And I am a, a dropout after three and a half years of electrical engineering, um, but I am oh, curious, did you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you go to college or you did you go straight into real estate investing? I, uh, so I went to uh, community college for two years, got my real estate license my first uh, semester of, of college and uh, just started selling real estate. So I, you know, took a bunch of classes, but I'm like, ah, I may as well. Like I would just like leave my business card on teachers' desks and just like in Trader that. Joe's, just like drop my business card on the apples. It, like it was like <laughs> whatever. <Whoops>. Right? <laughs> oh, oops, what, how did that end up there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure the employees got to the point where they started following me around and like picking up after so me funny. without saying anything. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, was, I, I went to um, community college, then applied for Berkeley, Santa Barbara mm -hmm. and UCLA here in California. And, and then throughout like, I'm like, if I'm going to apply for colleges, I should apply for Harvard too, even though I had no business applying for it. Uh, <laughs> I did not get in, <laughs> but I got into my California well. schools. Yeah, <laughs> uh, got into the California schools, and then uh, and I'm like, okay, I really wanted to go to Berkeley, but I also was starting to sell real estate, so mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just commute to to uh, UCLA in that case. So I, I mm -hmm. commuted to UCLA for two years. Amazing. I will say though, working at the same time as as college, very very like tough. To mm -hmm. where I was doing. Uh, I was doing e an econ major, so I took a ton of classes on corporate finance, econ, stats, mm -hmm. but I got to this level of, of like stats for calcs, and I'm like, I'm either going to just stop going to college or mm -hmm. I'm switching majors because I was so busy selling real estate. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and so I switched to poli sci, loved it. Uh, I feel that like I sense. almost had a dual major, but I just yeah. didn't have my calc, like my calc stats classes mm -hmm. uh, on, on um, you know, the, uh, what was their major called? It was like business econ or some stuff like okay. that. I didn't have a true. I mean, who needs that yeah. stuff though? Long yeah, answer, the, sorry. The Diffie Q and once you get into freaking calculus three, four, five, six, seven, it's like, come on guys. Come on, yeah. really, yeah, really? The, and, and that's, I, I mean, working while doing that. So did you finish? I did. Did you graduate? I did. Amazing. Yeah. So I, I finished. That's huge. Uh, the way I finished, though, I have to like I, I felt so. I mean, this is it's so crazy that this even exists. I remember sitting in this uh, this history class, and uh, it was poli sci. So I don't know, talking about Plato or whatever. And I'm <laughs> I'm just on my laptop doing emails and like disclosures. I'm like not paying attention. <laughs> and uh, these people are talking about how uh, you could uh, do this like foreign abroad or like study abroad thing mm. didn't listen to the entire spiel they gave and they're like okay so who's interested in signing up for uh you know what was it uh three no four weeks i don't remember what three or four weeks study abroad in paris uh oh, and you wow. get credits for a semester and that was literally the only thing i heard and i'm like me <laughs> that is amazing so i felt really fortunate with how i was able to finish out um college because it yeah I, I really had that feeling of like I can't do it anymore like I gotta I gotta mm -hmm. stop I mean that's great I mean I that is super relatable because I would be in my comp sci classes but I was I would always sit in the very back and luckily a lot of people had their laptops out for notes but I'd be editing videos yeah. so I would be I would be in the back of these classes just editing videos like oh a, a canon lens review and like skateboarding with my friends and like all of the, yeah. all of this stuff but i was or weddings you know i i did a lot of wedding films during college so i just became so obsessed with editing videos that it got to a point where you know it started showing up to class with my laptop and editing to just like not showing up at all um and then i ran out of scholarship yep. money so you oh. know i i did electrical engineering because it was the responsible thing to do and i you know got a good act score and i graduated top 10 percent of my high school so i you know, I literally picked what would be the best thing to go back to home to my grandparents to be like, yeah, electrical engineering degree. <laughs> Ask me how I'm doing, right? And so when it gets yep. to a point where you're kind of like, who are you doing this for? And you realize, oh, this is not, I'm not doing this for me. And, you know, you have other passions, whether it's real estate and you're doing stuff on the side. I think, man, it is so worth it to, to pursue those things. And I'm glad you were able to find a major that also had to do with a lot of what you do today, which is, which is really cool. I, I mean, it, yeah. that I will say, I mean, part of me, certainly for real estate, I'm like, there's, I did not need a degree at yeah. all or, or even YouTube. It's like it, nobody cares if you yeah. have a degree or not, like nobody even asks really. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it certainly, uh, it certainly doesn't hurt to have taken the corporate finance classes and, mm -hmm. and the econ classes because I just, I love, I love the Fed and econ and everything about what the heck is happening in the economy. So who knows, maybe that started me and maybe I, I really owe yeah. everything to, to college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? And everyone has their, um, has their own path, you know, and electrical yeah. engineering just got so intense two years in and I switched to oh. a comp, comp sci degree because um, I was like, I want to build apps. And I, I got kind of three and a half years into, you know, half EE, half comp sci. 
And I was like, this, this is fine, but I'm now spending money. I ran out of scholarship money. So I, I kind of had a moment where I was at zero. And I was like, you either go into debt for something you hate, or you try this thing that, you know, you're doing wedding films, you have a job with a production company, you know, you can always go back, but it's like, you got to take the leap at some point when, when you're Nobody passionate about something. I, exactly. I'm like, I told my parents that I could always yeah, go yeah. back. I'm like, I'm not going back. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things where I think if you can have, if you can have the experience that is so rare to find something you're passionate about that you're actually good at, there's two differences. And so if you can have both of those things, you're passionate about it and you you find that you're okay at it, man, it is so worth to to put all your chips on that. Oh my gosh, yeah. What was that like when you were getting started going all in on on YouTube? Even you know before that that Casey moment, just where you're you're trying to break out really of of uh well i mean having lower subscribers right like yeah, yeah. editing these videos was it just because you were doing weddings and getting paid for them or like how did you sustain mm -hmm. yeah so the entire time you know i would have these side gigs whether it was i um even in high school uh i was a basketball player and then i got really into music and it was a big deal quitting basketball and going into music and like trying to make my band work and all this stuff. I played electric guitar. Um, oh, and so, this, this is yeah, awesome. I, yeah, I was just... everything. Halo, electric, come on. <laughs> yes, yes, let's go. And so I was so into gear and I would like, I had, I would change out my pedal board like once every six months. Um, and I was always the annoying person during band practice. I would have to sit there for 30 minutes and be like, okay, what cable is not working? Cause I, I changed stuff all the time and and wired custom cables too so they're like sir just buy normal crap you know um but i was so passionate about music that i was like how do i i've, I've always kind of been accustomed to how do i make money off the stuff i like so i would give guitar lessons and i would do that and then once i got into video it was the kind of the same thing so um as I was getting new gear, because I always video edited from middle school, I was always the girl who was making the goofy rap music videos for my Spanish class and stuff like that. Um, and so I was always into video editing, but uh, being an actual videographer and, and filming didn't come until later. And so uh, once I graduated from high school, 18, 19, 20, once I started learning more about the intricacies of cameras and filming, I just started doing unboxing videos and and kind of sharing as i'm learning and even though i said you know about finance earlier i, I want to be careful with credibility i also think some of the people who i love to watch in the finance space are people who you get to learn with and you get to sure. um share that process because they they know what it's like to not know something right yeah. and so yeah. they sometimes are some of the best explainers of things so that's kind of what i found myself while i was learning what f-stop iso and aperture was i was relaying yeah. that to my audience you know i would like sure. uh, my buddy who i'd be friends with i'd be like hey how do you do this and i'd be like okay turn on the camera and be like hey guys i'm going to teach you what f-stop is today so um <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that was kind of just how I started, but I was again still doing wedding films and corporate. Like, you know, I, I talked about doing the freaking Bible Bee video. I mean, there were so many random jobs that I had where they just needed some nice cameras and they needed an interview edited. And so that's what I did on the side. And I was doing a lot of these searchable content videos, whether it was camera views, uh, lens tests, uh, what the, a big thing was in 2014, 2015. Everyone would do unboxings, but they wouldn't actually show you what it looked like. <laughs> so, so back in the day, it was unique. 
to not just unbox it, but say, hey, I'm gonna go outside and shoot with this camera or lens. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of just finding in those moments what's unique when you don't have a ton of built-in audience, how you know YouTube is built on the world's biggest search engine. So how can you appeal more to the searchable content and people will find you then, and then you just sprinkle in your own personal stuff. Um, and then you end up, you know, build, building an audience. That, I mean, that's incredible. That's, uh, you just, you just kept pushing on it. Uh, yeah. what, um, what do you think, you know, in your last video, you talked about NFTs yes. and, and you didn't seem too optimistic about those. <laughs> Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I love when artists can make money. So I have a few friends and, and I will say I've been following people since, I mean, when I was describing, you know, me and my buddy would be like learning cameras with each other, you know, eight years ago. Um, we were also into VFX and, and people had an awesome Vimeo. <laughs> if anyone still knows what Vimeo is, <laughs> but he did a lot oh, of cool, you. yeah, visual effects. Um, and he had these, there's a really cool video called like virtual machines and he would animate and, and do some really cool stuff. So he was one of my inspirations. I thought I, at one point I was going to be like, like a, uh, like a show title visual effects person. I was obsessed with that. And then I learned after effects and I was like, nope. Um, and so it's really cool to see someone, see an artist who has so consistently shown up and is so talented. It's not just some, you know, sometimes when, when trends come along, the wrong people get attention. And so I am so stoked that the NFT moment, uh, movement is being led by people because I can't think of anyone like more deserving. So I think right. that's awesome. I see a lot of my friends who are just insanely talented digital artists finally being able to monetize their art. Am I buying NFTs? No. Um, but I'm stoked for the future of it. But I'm I can't sit here and confidently be like, like, this is the next Bitcoin or whatever. Um, sure. So again, I mean, I was last year, I literally took all of my Ethereum and just put it into Bitcoin because I was just like, I don't I don't believe in anything besides Bitcoin. But I know that's like, I know, guys, there's other there's other coins, there's other infrastructures. It's the bigger technology blockchain. I get it. But yeah, how do you prevent yourself from getting distracted? Because there is there is such a movement towards not just other coins, but also, I mean, there's so many NFTs. I mean, New York Times, this is so bizarre. I was reading towards the end of the day, usually I look at the paper, which I know yeah. sounds crazy and old fashioned, but it like, it's like a, a, a permanent register of the stories that yeah. I didn't catch up on. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I was going through and I'm reading this one uh, on Thursday and it was the Thursday New York times. And in it, it was like, we're going to sell this article, like this column we're going to sell. We're going to start the bidding at like half an Ethereum uh, and we're going to sell this article or column as an NFT. And I look up the website and when I was reading it at like seven o'clock on Thursday, it had already sold for $565,000. And I'm like, <sighs> what? I'm like, what? Yeah. I feel like I'm missing something here. I don't, I don't know. I, I get it. You know, you're, you're, you have this unique address and forever you are that owner, but there's still these layers on, on top of it, whether it's rareable or open sea that you kind of, you kind of dig into it and you're like, would you actually still have this if this website, uh, you know, crashed this JPEG? It's like you're it's literally the level of the website. Um, 
with a lot of these things. So I think I still need to learn more about it, but just what I've read and what I've researched about it, um, it doesn't, it doesn't seem, it's just going to take time and it's going to be super sure. frothy as we reach maturity and a lot of rich people are just having fun. They can have their fun, go for it, put money into artists pockets. I'm down for it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Uh, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe people are <laughs> yeah. building businesses. Out. Like it seems like a lot of bidders are like oftentimes NFT companies or people in the NFT space. Well, yeah, the the sixty nine million dollar Beeple collage was a you know it was basically like a billboard for an NFT company, a, a crypto company. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like it's all I don't know. Whenever. I love that we're getting this like mainstream exposure, right? And that's why I actually bought some Ethereum again, because I'm like, hey, this is cool. You're seeing it in the real world. Um, but when most of the people that are participating in it are the people who are trying to build up their their own crypto companies, that's when it's just kind of like, you know, it's like it's like YouTubers who make videos about how to make YouTube videos. And then they sell courses on how to build a YouTube business, but they've never actually, you know, like you, you, you build a channel on finance and it, there's substance and, and you're giving people information. So, Hey, if I want to take your course and take your advice, that makes sense because you've been successful somewhere else, but there's a lot of YouTubers who literally make a ton of money by teaching people how to YouTube, but there was never a moment in their career where they were doing something else besides teaching people how to YouTube. So there's a lot of similarities I'm seeing in the NFT space. I know that's kind of a weird analogy, but that's I all I'll say about it. <laughs> I think you're spot on with that. Wow, that's, yeah. that's right on. So it's it's uh it, it's just like that that the raise of the eyebrow moment, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So um what about uh what about this whole like chip shortage and and this uh, disaster and the uh, Suez Canal you know what's how big of an impact is this like are you having trouble getting you know products to review what are you seeing out there you're, you're so yeah. ingrained in this tech mm -hmm. world well I mean already what we're seeing with you know with Apple usually they have a March event and so we're already seeing a lot of um a lot of issues from, I guess, even the past year with these supply chain issues kind of affecting this next round of tech. And then, and then again, like, like you said, we have the freaking, the ship just, I have a question. Yeah. Would it be crazy to like empty as much of that ship as you could and just blow it up? Yes. Like, would that not be <laughs> worth it? Cause I feel no. like it's getting to be too much. Like it's <laughs> too many days are passing. <laughs> well, uh, problem is, uh, it, you know, first of all, if, if you'd unload too much of it, uh, and, and you do it poorly, the whole ship could like break in half yeah. <laughs> because you got to I mean, unload that's a good it point. And then, like and then it would just way. be sitting there and then, cause it's and not then, a very wide canal anyway. That's a good point. Right. And, and don't, I don't blame you for, for the, the blow up thing. I've, I mean, I've thought it like, we could just like vaporize it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like, poof, gone. Thinking, I'm like, this just seems like such a bigger issue right. than it actually is. And just the, every day that it sits there, it's, I'm just like, cause even we were shopping. It's a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. Even it's, recently we were shopping for cars and they would, they, not just Tesla, but we were just at Toyota and my fiance, John was just trying to get a car and they were talking about the chip shortages and how they don't have a lot of these cars because, and I yeah. thought it was like a tactic. I thought they're like, I was like, yeah. 
BS. You're trying to get us, you know, but, and then I learn it's actually true. And I'm like, oh, this could be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, there's no way to unload it because you don't have, you you know, when you're at those ports, you see those massive cranes that Mm -hmm. can just like puzzle these things off. (laughs) I don't have that. Yeah. Uh, You blow it up. Uh, it'd be cool if you, like in some way if you could just vaporize it right but yeah. with the exception of the fact that there are a ton of live animals on it so that'd be an issue right i didn't uh, know that okay yeah yeah it, it's, it's big problems uh, there's a whole variety of stuff on there but anyway uh if you blew it up you probably just anything other than unlodging the ship would probably just dam up that canal to where yeah. that canal could just shut down for for you know months rather yeah. than and see that could be you know 10 days this is why i'm not solving this problem so no, good no, luck. no, 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 no. But <laughs> you mentioned about the cars thing. I was just yeah. reading about this too, that like a Ford dealership, they're like, usually we've got like 200 trucks on the lot, which mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a lot of inventory. You guys have to yeah. like wash every week. <laughs> uh, but they're like, now they're down to like 18. And it's wow. all because of this chip shortage. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is like, I mean, people think it's just a ship, but you know, and, and it's just a, a, a chip shortage or, uh, you know, all these things combined, really, because you've got mm-hmm. chips coming through this area in here anyway. But it's really these little bottlenecks ripple through everything. And, and so what you saw it too. Yeah. And so not even just in real life, but even in the tech space for the past couple of years, we've had a lot of issues with graphics cards, with mining. And yeah. I'm I'm a fan of Bitcoin and I'm a, a fan of, I think, the future of decentralized finance but at the same time it's like actually getting in the way of people like being productive and building good computers <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where we we might be headed towards a time that there is there will be six months to a year where maybe you can't get your hands on that laptop or that gaming pc um and it is on one side i'm like okay we're fine right iphones got boring three years ago samsung phones got because i stopped making a lot of phone content because it's just like we're good right like our phones are good we could probably have better battery but that's really all that's on my wish list the cameras are great like i'm good um so on one hand i'm like i feel like on the phone side i don't think we'll be missing out but all these cameras I get and all this footage and encoding and decoding. I'm like, I feel like I got to update my CPU and graphics card like every single year. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, I feel like uh, if I, if I don't have like a, and it sounds so crazy, but it just seems like after a year, the Apple devices you have start slowing down. (laughs) Yes. Apple somehow has figured out how to always get us to be part of that upgrade cycle. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And it's so, I guess because I'm in it and I, and I make tech videos, um, it's easy for me to hype up features and be like, oh, this is so worth it and blah, blah, blah. But once you zoom out and you start looking through the eyes of my parents or my brother who aren't really in the tech world, you, you realize that like, okay, I don't think it would be the biggest deal if things slowed down, but everyone always wants the newest latest and greatest. And I think that's a big complaint about, like I get these complaints in my videos all the time and and tech is like, oh, why do we need this? And it's not as much, hey, I'm trying to convince you who bought a new iPhone last year to upgrade this year. It's the fact that when someone is in the market for a new phone or laptop, they want the 2021 version. So it doesn't matter if it's like, there's just a few tweaks they don't want last year's version, even though it'll be fine. You know, they want the latest and greatest. So I get it. 
you know, I, I get why these companies put out so much stuff. And, and I think that's the reason. Cause it's like, if you want, I mean, buying a new car is dumb, but you know, if you try to charge a new car price when it's a 2019, that just, it doesn't make sense. Anyways, I'm, you know what I'm saying? No, it, it, you're so right. <laughs> I mean, uh, sometimes, yeah, you go to these dealerships. Like I, I remember one day I was looking at Mercedes Sprinter vans and nice. uh, this was like 2019. Family of seven. Oh, I would love that. But this one was cargo. <laughs> one day, I would love yeah. just a Sprinter van, and I want the bus configuration where you you have love like it. the door handle that goes, and just like all the kids could come running out like that. Yes, goals. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah, it, like it was like 2019, and I'm looking at Sprinter vans, and they're like, oh, well, we got this 2016 here. It's 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 new, and I'm like, what do you mean it's new? It's like yeah, it's just been sitting here for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> wow wow like okay Car you get in and like the plastic is sticky because it's just like melted a little bit. <laughs> oh my gosh i'm telling you buying a car because I've, I've been in new york for almost five years so i haven't had to deal with it but it is such a terrible process and so slimy i mean buying a tesla was fine because it's a lot of it's online but um again when i was going through the process with my fiance you just have to sit there and talk to these people that that just they mark up the price you know you read an ad on either your phone or a newspaper you're like oh that's a great price and then you go yeah. in with that offer and they're like oh yeah we don't have those cars here but here's one that's twenty thousand dollars more expensive <laughs> it has a couple more features <laughs> yeah i'm like come yeah. on guys uh, that's so true. What do you think about, I want to talk about like Tesla robo taxis mm. and like full self-driving. Uh, they should honestly give you the full self-driving. <laughs> I mean, I, that'd be awesome for you to be covering that. I, yeah, it, it would be so cool. It's, it's one of those things where you can love Elon and Tesla so much, but that's just their biggest flaw is the teasing that they do. It drives me insane. <laughs> You know, yeah. they'll say, oh, this is for sure coming out or you're going to get that that download button. And then where's that download button, Elon? So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'm very excited to try that out. But um, I'm definitely, I, I can definitely see it taking some time. Um, it's interesting. Some of the videos I've watched, I will go down a rabbit hole and, and you'll get on a video and people will be like, man, like so many people are cutting cutting their footage so you can't see the full experience. So I'm going to try in this this video to really show off full self-driving and I promise I won't cut it all. Cut, 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 cut. Okay, so wait, what? And they'll, they'll literally try to explain how their video is better, but then they every turn that it takes, they cut it and they only show driving straight. So I don't know if you have a good full self-driving video or channel that you watch, but a lot of what I've watched, I'm just like, why aren't you showing me what I want to see? Um, maybe it's, it's not up to par. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, I want to see the turning, you know? True. They, they're, they're out there. Uh, but I have to say, maybe I'm not, uh, you know, maybe I, uh, maybe I just haven't noticed uh, because I haven't been looking for what you're saying. Because yeah. I, let me, let me uh, I'll be full transparency. I've, I've looked at maybe five minutes of full self driving videos. Mm -hmm. So you could be totally right here. Uh, and, it's it's mostly because I think I'm just like hiding a little bit from looking at it because yeah. like, I just want it myself so badly. Yeah, that <laughs> well, and it's it's tell one me of those, when I could use it. Exactly. Well, not just that, but it's also one of those things that is messy until it's not. It it's like I almost don't want to look because yeah. it's something that I feel like has to be more than perfect for it yeah, to yeah. actually be in the real world. So um, it's it's kind of scary, but I think it's I fully am on board. I mean, I like driving. 
but yeah. I'm totally on board with robots can drive better than than we can um because you look around especially here in texas and just every they're going 60 miles per hour and everyone's on their phones and i'm like <laughs> guys <laughs> come on um we don't have that law here because i know in california you'll get a ticket if you're on your phone yeah. um but you don't get a ticket for that you just get in a crash um so it's it's one of those things that i am looking forward to but um i don't believe in their timelines <laughs> but that's why, you know, Tesla stock just keeps going down, down, down and people are freaking out. Um, but it's like, I'm going to keep buying here and there because they flip a switch and they become Uber and Lyft. So, you know, just waiting for that moment. Yeah. Touch on this, the Texas, New York thing. How has that yes. been when, when uh, you know, you left, you left, uh, this, this was so you, uh, in New yeah. York. <laughs> yes. Oh man. A can of worms. So, um, I'm born and raised in Dallas, Texas. So I spent the first 20 years of my life here where, where we are now, um, in Dallas. And I spent about five years in New York city and I still love New York so much. And I don't think it's going anywhere. Like New York is very special, but there comes a moment in life where you feel like you're not a kid anymore and you want to take some of those steps to be an adult. You want to buy that first house or you want to buy, you know, a condo. And this is what my next video is going to be about is I go through my save Zillow's, uh, save Zillow listings. Um, cause we all do that. We all love that. Right. But there would be times in the past couple of years where I was literally like saving these condos in New York and a 1.5 bedroom would like a nice one would start at 1.5 million. Yeah. And when you're there, that's like, Oh, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then you just, then the world stops and New York stops being the New York that you're used to. Right. Yeah. And then you're kind of like, wait, these, these prices don't make any sense. Not at all. And then you go back to Texas for Christmas and you're looking at places here and it's just so different and it's so much more affordable and there's so much space and you can have a car. And so I have always loved New York for its energy. I would ride my electric skateboard and electric bike everywhere. It would cause me a lot of injuries, but it was so fun. Um, and that was one of my favorite parts about living in a city and I would ride the subway all the time. And so it was one of those things that, um, when the we we stuck around for the year because we were like oh this will blow over this will blow yeah. over in six months so we waited it out and it just it, it really didn't and you see all these mom and pop shops just going under and you know the cvs's and chases are fine but a lot of what makes new york is is struggling a lot right now and i believe it'll be back but it just it came to a point where I was like, oh man, these next two or three years in our life are so monumental and they are so important. We, I just, we really can't afford that time. We can't afford two, three years of limbo where we don't, where we're not enjoying where we live. Um, and it was so hard to come to that because I truly love New York. Um, and, but like I mentioned earlier, I freaked out a lot this past year. I am usually a very, confident i have my life together type person 2020 just kicked my butt and so um having my family has been a huge huge help and that's a huge reason um 
that I'm here now because literally not just my parents, but both sides of my grandparents, my extended family is here. Um, and it is such a good, um, it's just more stable. I can just go to my parents' house, which are 30, 30 minutes away. I'm like going to eat with them today. I can talk about you and Graham and Bitcoin to my dad. Cause you know, we're super into finance and it's just when, and you know, I'm sure you guys have experienced this, especially, um, Lauren has asthma, right? So you guys had to be careful. Um, it's this past year, you know, you, you don't have the leisure of casually hanging out with people. And that's what New York was. And that's what I love. People would come through, be on my podcast, that creative life, we would hang out and then I wouldn't see them for a year, but that was good for me. So really that stopped. And that was, that was hard for me because I, I really wow. do enjoy this moment. So to be able to now have my family to kind of like replace that um, kind of like human connection that I've been craving yeah. has, has helped so much. And then of course you have the, the toppings, the lower taxes, all, all this stuff. But really at the the forefront, I was like, I need my family. I know that's lame to say, but I'm like, no, if I I, if I need to continue to do my job and be a sane human, I, I need my people. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I remember you doing videos of, of just like, here's New York and it's just like empty. It, was it just like an overall feeling of not just emptiness, but physically like what happened to the city, but also just, it sounds like, you you that social interaction was totally missing so it's like i'll just go somewhere where i can guaranteed be safe yeah. around you know family that that's mm -hmm. all kind of in the same bubble exactly it was um it was so creepy it um you know now we've been able to see that okay it's not it's not like contagion levels bad i don't know if you guys watched that movie but um that was one of the first things I did. And it probably freaked me out even more that Gwyneth Paltrow, Matt Damon movie where like 20 million people died in the U S and it was just chaos. Um, so we know it wasn't that bad, which is good. Right. But in the beginning, we didn't know that. So in March and the fact that New York city was the epicenter for the U S it was really the first place. And you, yeah. you started hearing, Oh my God, they had to like have a freaking truck to put the bodies. I'm like, what is going on? Uh, um, and it yeah. was so scary. And what people forget is in New York, you just live in tall buildings with people. And so just the act of taking out your trash, you have to touch so many. And again, now we know that surfaces oh. isn't that big of a deal. And it's more of, right. are you breathing the same air? Are you in, you know, now we know this stuff. Well, we didn't know that. We didn't. So it we were like wiping I down groceries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were going to the store with your hazmat suit. So, oh my God. so, you know, it was one of those things where like, oh my God, when you're in New York, you have to go outside and touch surfaces that aren't yours so often to take out the trash, to grab a package. Um, you're in a building with so many people. If you walked out at the same time as someone else, you would meet eyes and you would play like a dance of like who would go first. Like you wouldn't even like, you would stay like 10 feet away from people. And it, I mean, the streets were empty. It was, oh. it was so so spooky um Jeez. and so yeah obviously it, it's it's it bounced back a little bit with outdoor dining the moment it was coming back then winter hit and then people were just like dining outside in bubbles and it was just i don't know it got so silly it just it that, got that's bizarre to me too <laughs> so silly and i'm like yeah. there's all of these big restaurants in new york with you know, when it comes to being indoors, it's like they have AC, they have circulation, maybe just leave the doors open. Um, but then you couldn't go indoor dining and people were again in these like uh, constructed wooden 
essentially they would just indoors. build yeah indoors but indoors then, outdoors <laughs> exactly but then because they had just built it the stuff that was outdoors with doors and windows didn't have any circulation so it just <laughs> it's nothing it's makes worse. sense yeah and yeah there's no, just that's so one many thing. things i'm shocked the government didn't and still to this day i feel like they're they're not pushing this hepa filtration like how hard would it have been to just go defense production act let's make a ton of hepa filters so we can <laughs> operate them in schools and restaurants yeah. and just like put put one at each end of a room you know two per yeah. 400 square feet have some kind of rule and and open up again you know to prevent exactly. the COVID cloud nothing <sighs> nothing made sense it was one of those things where we had cuomo who wrote a book about how to be a corona warrior and lead during times of, of he wrote a book his I did not know this <laughs> on how to be successful with corona whoa okay. and so now you look with the hindsight of you know and I, I think he did show at some times good leadership but then you you have to really look with hindsight and the stuff that they swept under the rug and now we learn the only thing we should have been concerned about in the beginning was the most vulnerable people either with you know people who have like asthma or just our old people like our poor grandparents who are alone in these places and just like the i don't know i don't want to get political but the yeah. the i just find it insane that a person like cuomo wrote a book a playbook on Corona, but he killed tens of thousands of old people with his, with the nursing home, uh, home order thing. So nothing makes sense. I think, you know, in the beginning, a lot of these people who are leading the way deserve grace and deserve, or not grace, uh, like our patients, right? Because we really yeah. didn't know. Um, right. But right now is when, when you're, if you're still doing goofy stuff, you know, that's where the judgment comes in. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't want to, I don't like talking about politics, so I'm sorry, but <laughs> no, that's fine. It, it's, uh, it, hopefully it's just, uh, you know, we get to this herd immunity, whether through vaccination or enough people getting vaccinated. It's just yeah. like, get us out of this. Cause I, I uh, cannot wait to go back to normal and like travel. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh. I am so excited for that. I'm so excited. I don't know if conferences will ever come back again, but I want to see my YouTube homies. I, I, I want to, I, I just miss people. Right. So I'm crossing they, my uh, fingers. I think they've got like a Bitcoin conference or something like that coming up in Miami really? in June. Yeah. Oh, I think I saw people drag Chamath and someone else. Is that what you're talking about? Is he speaking? Yes. Yeah. June four, five. Is it June four, five, June four, five. Yeah. June four, five. Uh, Michael Saylor, Jack Dorsey, Chama, Tony Hawk. Uh, what? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Some okay, of the connections. Can, that, yeah. can I ask you what you think of Michael Saylor? Uh, probably not because I don't know <laughs> enough. I, I just say, okay. yeah, I, I, you know, I hear a lot about him. Uh, I mean, what, what are your thoughts? I think he is in such a good position to, um, to really evangelize about Bitcoin to big corporations. Yes. However, he is so cult leader like that <laughs> I cannot see a, you know, 
fancy suit man who's a CFO of like an Apple or something being like, oh, yes, Michael Saylor, you are sane and I will definitely follow your footsteps. So <laughs> I love how quirky he is. And I love, you know, what I love about Bitcoin in the community is they are so driven by memes and Internet culture. And I love that. But um, sometimes the tweets that he puts out, I'm like, oh, you have so many credible people probably following you and just being like, who is this dude? So yeah, I don't know. Sometimes okay, I feel like he just needs to reel it back in, you know, for the good of Bitcoin. But I think that's what people like about him, too. So, yeah, I, I think there's like if you want a pure bullish thesis, like pure cheerleading. There you go. Yeah, uh, the I think that and this is one of the tough things about finance and, and Bitcoin is having also talking about the downsides or, or, or risk factors. Mm -hmm. And it's tough sometimes to get that or, or because YouTube doesn't incentivize people putting out negative because yeah. here's what happens. I did a video on Hylion, this this EV truck company or, or hybridization company. And uh, this was months back. And I was not very bullish. Like I had some concerns and I wanted mm -hmm. to outline those concerns because a lot of people have been asking me like, hey, what do you think? And I'm like, well, here's what I found. Problem is when you make a video on a topic, like be it Bitcoin or a certain stock, uh, you are indexing to the people who love that. Yeah. Like the, the you show up in the people's feeds who are like, I'm that bull, right? Yes, so you yes, come yes, in yes, with yes. a contrarian argument, whoo, you get blasted. Yeah. And I hate this word because honestly, so many podcasts have just turned into like complaining that there isn't nuance. So I don't want to sound like a meme myself, but specifically in Bitcoin and the finance world, it does lack a little nuance with that type of stuff. And I think in order for things to really get mainstream adoption, you kind of have to face head on those frustrations or those questions that people have, because you have to you have to like allow people to explore and learn, because if you just steamroll over them, well, they're just going to be like, well, no, I'm I don't want to participate in this. You know, you have to kind of allow that journey. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of have to endure the comments, endure the pain. But those types of discussions, when you do discuss things like that, I think age well, right? Um, oh, gosh, yeah. So. And, and that's a reminder for everybody to hit the like button, because if you put the word selling Bitcoin in a title, uh, <laughs> potentially, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like anytime I cover like a Biden press conference, yeah. the like ratio is just, and, and then it makes me feel bad, but it's, it's sometimes yeah. it's just the topic, uh, you know? Um, and I, yeah. And this is what I want people to practice. And yeah. again, I never get political. I like tech. I like finance. Yeah. I like to stay in my lane, but when it comes to politics and I think we've had a good, I hope you can still monetize this video when I say their names. Oh, but... don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I got 10 had... more videos to make. It's good. 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 <laughs> so I think this past year or past four years with kind of the Trump and the AOCs, yeah. I think we've had good practice. And what I've had to practice is to just not get worked up with every single little thing that someone says, because you have to realize that like, and I know people are going to hate me for saying this because who you elect does change change things and it does have an impact. But like that one thing that those people who are super passionate um, tweet about every single day, that one tweet probably isn't going to impact your life. And you can still you can still go out and live certain parts of your life 
right? Um, and really, it's it's been sad, but this these past four years, I've just seen a lot of friends like kind of uh, like kind of just disappear and also just get angry, like so angry. Um, and I get it. There are things to be angry about. And, and I love that people are passionate about making a change in politics, but you can't let it run and ruin your life. And I mean, that's what I've, I've seen. And so it is super hard to make. I admire the way you do it because I think you do it in a very balanced way, in a very informative way. And I think that does more help to everyone than it does to sit here and be like, ah, blah, 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 blah. I can't believe Harry Styles wore a dress, you know, like, huh. come on guys. <laughs> it is, it is incredible. I almost like, as much as I love social media, sometimes I wonder if it does sort of promote divisiveness, uh, possibly not even at our own doing, but possibly just because of the way the algorithm, uh, it caters content to us. Like for example, mm -hmm. I did a, um, I had Lauren Southern on. She's has very, very, very strong political views. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and my goal is, okay, this is my test. Like if I can stay 100% neutral here, I'm happy because that's very difficult. Uh, I, I think I did very well. I, I, I held the line. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, the the amount of, uh, of vitriol that sometimes comes up, it's, mm -hmm. it's incredible in, in the commentary. Yeah. Uh, and I think... Partially, maybe social media perpetuates that because I see, for example, there are there are like only left wing channels, and then there are only right wing channels, yeah. and and they're both. If, if you get promoted one, you don't get promoted the other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. It's you don't get rewarded for seeing both sides. And that's why you don't see a lot of that because that's not interesting. People want to play for their team, right? And so. Yeah, that's why I never really talk about it because I'm like, you guys aren't going to like what I have to say. I've voted for both Republicans and Democrats. That's not sexy, you know? Um, yeah, so that's yeah, why yeah. I usually shut up about it. And that's, I've probably yeah. said too much. I have said too no, much. No, no, you, you, you're perfect. Uh, so what's the, um, how? so tech is, as the, the unifier, uh, do you think you'll jump into, uh, you know, like uh, we're going to see a, a big Tesla review and uh, like what's what's the next future for you in the, the tech channel? Because I, I love it. I've always wanted to, you know, not to like like infringe on anyone's space, but I've always wanted to make tech videos. I just I've never I've never done it with the exception yeah. of like the Matterport camera. But I'm just like I have well, such a passion totally... for it, but I just find watch it yeah. more. You, I mean, you totally could. So maybe I should do some more finance and you should do some more tech. <laughs> and maybe this crossover is what people have been waiting for. Um, but no, I mean, and it's so interesting seeing how you've transformed your studio this past year too. And that's why I'm so excited to like potentially do a video about that with you. But um, you obviously know what you're talking about and understand tech and, you know, dealing with cameras and how to make stuff look good and do the live switching and all that stuff. So um I think you should make some tech videos, but yeah, I'm definitely Thank going you. to, um, I'm definitely going, there's always been a thread throughout my channel of what I'm personally into. So I'm not going to be as professional or like, I'm not a journalist. I'm not, I, I never call myself an unbiased YouTuber because I'm like, you guys are here for my biases. Sure. Um, sure. So what I like to talk about is, of course, you know, I got really into laptops because that just you know, cross my path, but, um, oh my God, I lost my thought. Oh yeah. Oh. Basically when it comes to 
tech, I'm like, because Tesla, because I had to get a car, because that is so new to me, that's fun for me to explore. I'm not going to sit here and now become a car reviewer, but because it is a part of my world, um, I have gotten really into it. I'm excited to do a review on it. Um, and so there will be common threads of computers and laptops and creative workflow and all of that stuff that I'm always super passionate about. But the actual products, I do switch out a lot for my sanity too. I'm like, if I just stuck to phone reviews and, and laptops and that was the only thing I talked about, I would not be able to survive YouTube. I'd get burned out within a year and you'd never see me again. So yeah. I definitely don't claim to be this unbiased reporter, tech reporter. That is not me, guys. Um, but if, if you know, you're interested in a little bit about my life, but you want to learn something at the same time, that's that's kind of the intersection that I, I enjoy. Yeah, it reminds me. I miss seeing you at the events, just like those yeah. your in, first impressions. Uh, but obviously, with COVID, we haven't had those events. Mm -hmm. How did you even get in on all those? Man, I love talking to people. I haven't I haven't done a lot this past year, just because again, you you lack the in person events. But I've always been very curious and into i like learning through people if i'm into something um you know i'll find an expert in that field and i'll have an excuse to talk to them i mean my podcast that creative life has like over 120 interviews of just experts in people's fields so that's that was a really selfish endeavor for me and so um i haven't posted a lot because honestly the the you're doing such a great job and i think i need to revamp uh, maybe i need to use Streamyard. this is actually working really well but the remote podcasts like i started to get really bummed on it just because i love having you know in-person interaction yeah. um but usually that's just how i kind of months i know i know yeah, and i'm, su so, I'm subscribed <laughs> man that's awesome but yeah i think it'll it'll come back in a way um because podcasts have to be consistent i think i'm just gonna let it stand on its own and when i want to do a awesome interview with someone. It doesn't matter if I've posted a month, I'm just going to post it there. So I'm, I'm figuring out the strategy with stuff. Um, yeah. But like you said, I need to figure out how to get the quantity back up on my main channel first. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where I just always reach out to people and I make sure I can offer them something also, whether it's a podcast or a video on my channel. And I just, I selfishly learn. I mean, that was in the beginning, uh, Gary V for me. I figured out, I was living in New York. So at the time, um, once I got the first kind of like viral push, he had the same amount of subscribers as me. We were at a hundred thousand each. So I was like, okay, we can both offer value to people. And instantly I was like, hey, you can be on my show. I'll be on your show. And so I've always kind of just been super adamant about reaching out to people. Um, and so once you start doing that, it really does snowball. And then you go to the events and that just multiplies. And then you go on podcasts and that multiplies. Um, and so I do miss a lot of that because, I mean, this year I really have been a hermit, to be honest. This this is probably only like one of three interviews I've done. Um, Whoa. <laughs> but, but yeah, I you're the only person I, you're literally the only person I watch every single day. So this has <laughs> been, this is so fun for me. Like it, it feels like I'm on. I don't know. I feel like I'm like on a show I watch every day. It's so fun. Oh, well, well, welcome aboard. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I just look here. Yeah, it was two years ago, May 10th, 2018, how Gary Vaynerchuk changed my life. Yeah. How to podcast episode two. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that was like the third time I actually hung out with him. So the first time oh, wow. was in 2016 when I was actually on his like Ask Gary V show. Um 
and so we, yeah, you know, I got to hang out with him and form a relationship and, um, it's, it's, it's just really cool to, as you go up, huh. whether it's YouTube or other social medias, as long as you, um, if you just have a collaborative energy about it to where, Hey, a, you know, rising tide rises all ships, whatever that saying yeah. is, that is such a, it's just a more healthy way to approach things like social media and YouTube and content creation, because truly it is really difficult and numbers will fluctuate. But as long as you have that, that kind of core community of people that are also doing YouTube, whether you're tweeting at them or you have a relationship on Instagram, um, just maintaining those relationships go such a far, uh, they just, they, what am I trying to say? They help. They help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love where you're going with this because you're, you're, you're so positive about this uh, with, with relationships to this. Have you ever had the, the problem though of like that comparison, that relativity or like that feeling that people are friends with you because of YouTube, you know? Right. I mean, um, honestly, I, I've, I've had little experiences where I've hired people to help me and paid them a very good like wage, but then they still expect to be, and I, and I would be like nice and tag them and like, oh, this person helped me film. But then they would ask for even more like, oh, hey, can you put in the comment that like I filmed second 10 through 25? I'm like, oh my God, what? No. So certain <laughs> people like that will, I guess, try to like take advantage, but that's so minuscule. I haven't had any, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that just like comes with a job, but, um, this is why it, it is cool to be in Texas because I have a solid like three people who I grew up with. I went to high school with, I played in a band with that are still really good. I'm really good friends with. Um, and then I have that core group of, of YouTube friends where we haven't seen each other in a while, but um, the, the, I hate to uh, not spill the tea, but it's the opposite of spilling the tea. The tech community and the photo video community on YouTube is actually really nice. So um, it, they're all just super supportive. So whether it's Marquez, Justine, Austin Evans, or maybe in the more photo video space, Peter McKinnon, Maddie, people, yeah. Chris Howe, Lizzie Pierce, um, Becky and Chris, they're great ones. Everyone is so nice and so supportive that I, it's, it's really just been, an awesome journey. YouTube can be toxic, but that that usually yeah. that doesn't come from the people who are out here doing it too. Cause it's like the people who do, the people who do, do not complain, you know? Ah, so those are the people like you have to surround yourself with. Do you feel a pressure to uh, edit uh, and, and just keep your game as sharp as possible because of the community that you're in though? Because mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's coming out with all these crazy edits and i don't even really edit my videos i feel terrible about that right so this is maybe no. one of the reasons i'm like i i can't do tech because i don't do all the b-roll <laughs> but i will i will okay funny story it's so funny i because i wanted to look something about real estate up and one of your videos popped up and i was like oh i know meet kevin but you were like filming out and about and because i uh i started watching your videos this past year i was like what is this he's not in his studio and he's like going around places. I was like, this is so crazy to see him in this, in this type of environment. So that was fun. Yeah. But, um, yes, I, I, I do feel that pressure, but at the same time, I think, um, I think what you did is so smart because 
it's a skill in its own. And that is why you can get that quantity out because you know, you're not spending 10 hours editing videos. Sometimes like my videos will take four to 10 hours to edit. Um, Ooh, if it's a more casual gosh, gosh. one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it'll take less, but that's why. And you know, you have to research, you have to film, you got to get the B roll. You got to be like, Oh, that didn't look good. So you have to set everything else up again. Um, so it's a very, it's not just one and done. It's, it's a process, right? Um, but where I think you've, and I watching you, I've wanted to somehow incorporate what you do and into my stuff. It's inspired me because I understand my thing is video editing. That's who I am. And that's what I'll be the most confident in. And that's my innate skill storytelling through editing and filming. But I want to flex the muscle of being that personality and like, Hey guys, what's up? You're so good at saying complete sentences that's what, that's what's so that's funny right. about youtube youtube is literally you're good at that too you like giving yourself <laughs> well, credit you. like you. you could do this yeah but i want to yeah so i want to try and flex that muscle and, and see hey in order to not spend 10 hours editing a video you should try to say complete sentences and and, and <laughs> the podcast is a little bit of that i do that on the podcast which is which yeah. is good but i want to try it with my own channel um but yeah that's what people don't realize is a lot of youtube is like hey guys what's up welcome to my channel okay so today we're talking about the <laughs> dell xps two-in-one and you know so it's like you have cut 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 <laughs> and so even the way you do it is is such a better way too it's it's smooth and i think people stay engaged because every cut you make is another opportunity for people to get distracted right so mm. i think you're on to something and i'm excited yeah. to to incorporate that so the the uh the general idea on youtube is often uh, you know, have sort of your outline and then put B-roll or something over the cuts so people don't notice. Are, do you think people pick up on the cuts nonetheless? I, yeah, I mean, I think so. But if you can, ultimately, it's just, it's what story are you trying to tell? So the fact that, you know, you do a lot of new stuff, but you still have, you know, where you cut to your iPad and, and you can add a lot of that context already with, with your setup. Um, and, I know for me, it's like sometimes I'll shoot a lot of fancy stuff, but um, the B-roll and hopping to new locations at times can keep a video exciting and keep the viewer engaged and add to the story. But a lot of times it can distract. And so you have to ask yourself, like, what is the story you're trying to tell? And I mean, even for because I'm transitioning and moving, I can't make the same level of videos that I'm used to making. So I'm doing a lot of sitting down kind of fun, whatever. And I was like, man, I hate that I'm sitting in the same place for so long. So I filmed this whole like iPhone segment of like going to a new condo and doing this stuff, but it had nothing to do with the video. I, I, I was sitting there editing it. And I'm like, this does not add to the story that, that I'm trying to tell. So I think you just have to go back, back to that. And it just depends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, I could see that because I've made videos before where it's like, here's this, uh, this like $600,000 drug house before and after and, and you watch it or, or like I made this one where like my house is sinking to quicksand and I would spend eight to 10 hours editing this with like music and like it starts out with da, da, like the dark <laughs> and it takes you through all these emotions, right? It's, it's yeah. really like, you're right. There is storytelling through editing and I think I think there's really a place for that. That's yeah. really really awesome. Uh, I I think 
you keep, I mean, keep doing that, but I just, I would love to see more Sarah also. Like maybe yeah, like, thank you. Yeah. I, I don't want to say like a second channel, but like, daily talk with Sarah. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. So you know <laughs> well, that's, I mean, no, thank you for saying that. Cause I think that helps affirm what I've trying, what I've been thinking. And, um, you know, I've been trying to jump through hoops in my brain, like, okay, maybe I can form this into like my podcast, that creative life. But at the same time, I'm like, no, that's such a good place to keep for interviews and other people's expertise. And I, I did think, oh, second channel, but I'm kind of like, and this is what I'm experimenting the past month and with the next few videos, kind of just seeing, okay, my audience has been here for a while and do they enjoy kind of growing up with me? And is there room to explore these topics that we're not really used to talking about? Of course, hopefully, I, I had the funniest comment on my Tesla Bitcoin video where, uh, they're like, oh man, this is when you know there's a bubble when a tech girl is talking about Bitcoin. And I'm like, Bitcoin oh. is tech. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, exactly. Bitcoin and Tesla is the oh. most techy thing ever. Um, but I kind of, sometimes, sometimes, but yeah. that shows you there's a thin line, right? So I'm, I'm kind of just, I'm inching and I'm gonna try to do it on my main channel of like, okay, what is people's sure. tolerance for it? Do they feel like it's relatable? Do they, with me, I'm like, I. I either want to educate, entertain, or inspire. So can I hit one or two of those pillars with me just talking? And it's kind right. of scary. Yeah, but. That is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly educate. I mean, that that's hands down, right? Uh, and um, yeah, maybe maybe you only need to hit one of the pillars. Uh, but like, <laughs> I was even thinking like, you know, just you, uh, you know, 10 minute video on like my thoughts on the chip shortage or, or better yet, like, how the mm -hmm. chip shortage could kill tech or, you know, some, something like interesting, like, right. And you should uh, be writing notes, guys, no, I'm no, literally I mean, writing that down <laughs> it, it, because people respect you so much. And just hearing you and your opinion on the tech related news that's happening. Like right. I've seen a lot of comments here about like a Tesla crashing or something like that or, mm -hmm. or, or whatever. Right. Like those like news pieces, I, I think people would love from you. Mm -hmm. uh, Thank you. Uh, no, thank you. I mean, that, that, that helps with that hearing other creators thoughts, you know, I, I value that a lot. So, so yeah. Well, for what it's worth, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. What about, uh, I want to talk about real estate. So you just yeah. bought in, in Texas. How was yes. that? Are, yeah. are people mad at you because you're like a, you know, I'm going to lump together here, California, New Yorkers, but is it kind of yeah. like, oh, here comes, you know, California slash New York, uh, yeah. oh the my population God. and prices. <laughs> I've gotten those comments, but I'm like, fam, I'm from here. So chill. Like, <laughs> I know how boring it is here, but at the same time, I know that there's amazing people here. There's amazing tacos um, and the taxes are great. So like, I'm, I'm not coming here. Um, I've got so many of those comments. Oh man, I'm trying to like, uh, choose my words wisely. Um, because you know, something does happen when you like leave your home and you, you experience Sarah, how my audio oh. cut. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can the audience? Uh, let's see. I, I just, I lost you. Hold on one second. Okay. Maybe if, if anybody, if everybody else can hear you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's mine. My me? headphones died. You know what? Okay. If you don't mind, keep going for a yeah. moment. Let me I'll get keep another going. pair. I'll, I'll answer <laughs> some comments uh, here. One sec. Um, okay, yeah, we yeah, got Nathan saying tacos, and Martin says, yes, we hear you. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. Um, you guys are saying very serious comments. You're talking about tariffs and things. Um, 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Let's see. I'll, I'll continue with my thoughts with that. So basically, um, coming from New York, there is the feeling of like, oh my God, they're going to come and ruin taxes. I'm, I'm coming with the perspective of I was born here and I, I do um, respect the people here and respect the land. Um, and what I think Texas is really great at, at kind of getting out of the way. When it comes to New York, you have all these things you have to think about. The high rent, the high taxes, running a business. A lot of people don't know this, but if you run a business in New York, um, you have this thing called the UBT tax. So not only is there a federal, a state, and a city tax, but there's also a fourth tax called UBT, which is on top of all of those other three taxes. That is an additional 4% on your overall business. So if you're making over 80K in New York, which every business has to make at least that to survive, you're paying an additional 4%. So New York is really great when it's New York, when everything is thriving. Um, you can, there's just, there's so many people on a small island. Um, it is really great for business and making connections and all those things. So when life slows down and things happen and, and people aren't coming to New York as much, but you're still paying those, those same taxes, the four taxes um, that gets in the way, especially small businesses and especially people who have uh, floor um, retail spaces because um, New York, I don't know if you guys watch Lewis Rossman, but he does really great videos on how corrupt commercial real estate is in New York City and how the prices aren't budging. It's insane. You have, you'll have a tiny, tiny uh, floor one commercial real estate spot and it will still be like $15,000 a month still right now during Corona. Um, and it's so it's just, it's just berserk. And I think New York will survive. I love New York, but there's, it has to get out of its way. It, no one likes de Blasio. <laughs> um, there's a lot of virtue signaling going on without action happening. And, um, I have faith that it will change, but it's going to have to get out of its own way. So I think that's what Texas is good at, is it kindly kind of says, hey, we're just going to let you live your life. Um, now, there might be downsides to that. I will say one of my best DMV experiences was in New York City because <laughs> they, they, they do, even though there's a lot of frothiness with your taxes and maybe it's not going to the best causes, there is a feeling that they do care about services like that. They, um, you know, I just, to get an updated New York license, I just signed up for an appointment online. I was there two days later and I was in and out within 30 minutes and I got my license. It was super easy. Now the DMV experience in Texas is something else, right? So there, <laughs> there are trade-offs, but um, I think it's just wherever you are in life. And if you're building your own business, especially running an online business, um, Texas is really looking good for that. And you're seeing a lot of tech companies come here. So um, so let's see, what are people saying in the comments? Oh, I, I feel like the chat is a little bit behind because some people are still talking about chips and stuff. Maybe I'm behind. Um, but yeah, so like Kevin, I feel like I could talk to a wall for hours probably. <laughs> oh, here we are. <laughs> oh, I can't hear you though. Oh no, can you guys hear Kevin? Okay, let's see, how can I keep up the retention? We don't want people to exit out while Kevin's figuring out some technical difficulties, still can't hear you. <laughs> comment, 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 let's see. 
Oh, I can hear you now. You can hear me. You can hear me. There's a little bit of echo, but I can hear you. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna try. Yeah. So um, we got to figure this out. So I, you know, we'll have two of me. I don't know why. I love well, it. I can't. You know, maybe if I just use this to hear you. I don't know what it is. Yeah. My Bluetooth headphones. I've got like four of them, and they they keep they switch between each other, and so like none of them want to work, and it's so frustrating. Kevin, you know what I think you need? What's that? Oops. And I know you're going to hate this because there's a lot of good things that can come from things you're using, like sidecar and stuff. Yeah. But have you ever used Windows, like a Windows machine? What? That's blasphemy. <laughs> okay, never mind then. Never no, mind. no, no. Tell me, tell me. Maybe, it's true. Maybe. It's all Mac. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, so I will say I've had a lot of good luck with windows machines with live streaming and just editing quickly but i know you use final cut so that might not be an option however maybe a lot of your issues will just be solved without relying on bluetooth so you said you use sidecar so just instead of using sidecar wirelessly just use it plugging in USB-C, and then as much as you love this beautiful apple headphones you might have to just plug those into your machine directly <laughs> Oh, that's, which is yeah, the worst, right? Like here I am, like with with tech YouTuber, I get I get screwed on on the Bluetooth. Like it, I I will say like I don't know what it is, but I I guess I just I love the idea of like no wires or whatever on the keyboard oh, or the mouse or whatever. But it, this doesn't happen when you're plugged in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things that. You want to take part in the amazing technology. I think one of the best things Apple has invented since the iPhone are the AirPods. And you want to, but sometimes when it comes to power users, and if you're sitting on a live stream for hours and hours, that stuff is just not built for it. I wish they had like pro pro AirPods where they were just bigger and they would last for just like five hours at a time. Um, Cause I love AirPods so much, but yeah, you just might have to go wired. Ugh. Yeah, I I think you're right. So so we'll we'll go back to uh, real estate there because yeah. I totally cut out in the real estate and I really want to talk about yes <laughs> oh yeah hearing about uh, your Sorry, real estate. Okay. So you bought a townhouse. Okay, so not a townhouse, but a condo oh, in gotcha, okay. a um. Okay, let me back up a little bit because I know people are going to roast me. And you know what, guys? No. Roast away. I moved to Texas and bought a condo. That won't make sense to a lot of people. Um, but I'm just coming from New York. You do. I didn't want to hop into 100% the burbs because um, we really do enjoy walking downstairs and getting a coffee, walking downstairs and going to the grocery store. Um and so we wanted some of those conveniences that we had in New York, um, but also being in Texas, having a car, being close to my parents. So we had a lot of boxes to check off. And we started in Dallas. And it's so weird growing up here. Dallas was always a place that there was really cool places. I grew up in uh, playing in a band and we played in Deep Ellum. So it was kind of seedy. Oh, someone got shot there a couple years ago. So you're kind of living on the edge, but it's on the up and up. So I, I played at bars called like the Profit Bar and, and stuff like that. And so there was elements of Dallas that were just really cool. They were on the up. Um, and if anyone lives in the DFW area, they just always say Dallas, right? Yeah. A lot of people yeah. don't really live in Dallas. They live in like the 45 minute circle of burbs outside of it. And so that was the first place we looked and it was really weird to go back to a place and for it to be like worse 
if that makes sense. So, yeah. you know, going to Deep LM and seeing it, it kind of tried with the getting hip. There were some, uh, there's like one condo building, but like all of the bars that I used to play at and a lot of the, to be honest, culture um, wasn't there. And it was, it was such a weird moment and it, it is kind of sketchy. And so we bounced from Dallas pretty quick and we went wow. to um, Fort Worth and Fort Worth is actually growing faster than Dallas. And it it's, there's just a really, it's just nice. There's a lot of greenery mixed in with the city and there's still a city feel, but it's so much smaller than Dallas. So um, yeah, we, we just found a spot that is centrally located. It's um, safe and it's fun and we can walk to restaurants and, um, I selfishly really wanted to live out my dream of like the New York loft living. I wanted a loft, Kevin, you know, like give me, I want a pillar in the middle of my condo. You know what I'm saying? I want like super tall ceilings. So um, knowing that and knowing that I would film and I would do my YouTube job out of this uh, place, we needed space as well. And the high ceilings helps to rigging lights and doing all that stuff. So we really found a good place that that checks all those boxes and again you don't i hate the saying but you're throwing away your money with renting it got to a point where we were paying so much in new york that i started comparing the numbers and i was like man we could be putting our money towards something that will be just a decent asset to have we can build into it over the years um and there is it's weird you buy something you think it's less flexibility but with where we are. Um, I, I did the numbers to where um, some people are renting their units. So if in four years, you know, we want to move somewhere for a year, um, we can rent out the space and just have somewhere to come back. So th there is a lot of there's a lot of elements, we just weren't ready to cut the grass, we're not ready for a big house and a lawn. And I'm like, I'm still 26, like, we'll work up to that, you know, well, and, and that's the beautiful thing is, is you can, you, you get yeah. to, you know, start with the condo, then you could go to a two bedroom, one bath house and you could go to a three bedroom yeah. if you want or whatever and grow up. Exactly. Exactly. So no. we're, we're in a space that, um, that we really enjoy. And, uh, I get to kind of have some of my first fun steps with a little bit of reno. The first thing we did, um, and again, people are like, why are you doing this? Like it's decent hardwood floor, but I want concrete floors. It's a loft. So the first thing I did was spent like $10,000 ripping up all of the hardwood floor and getting concrete, uh, getting a concrete. Oh no, Sarah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care. This is what I want. Good for so, you. The only thing left we're gonna do is the kitchen cabinets are like a really weird red. Um, but what was so great about this unit is it's just like, there's not a ton left to do. It's a great layout. Um, so it's the, those two things are pretty big, but the floor is already done gonna you know just paint the cabinets a different color and we'll and we'll be good to go wow uh, now what was that like uh you know deciding uh that you wanted to go from because you're going from renting to, to owning like yeah. were you nervous about it like how did you know where to buy you were just moving mm -hmm. back and you said there was a cultural shift so you went to a different area yeah it was one of those things where luckily because i'm from here i knew the places like i'm not I'm not the type of person who can like buy in 
a less nice place with the hopes of it getting better in the next 15 years. I need the place to kind of be hip now. Um, so I just wanted to kind of balance like a nice place that's nice now that you know is only going up, right? Um, and so luckily I kind of had a little bit of context or a lot of context from being here for two decades um, with the different neighborhoods. So I know I knew where to look and where not to look. Um, and I think the I don't know, the down payment and all that stuff, the only thing that was intimidating about it was just the process, not necessarily the the chunk of money, because um, once those, you know, we got like a 2.8 interest rate, which was really good. And so I was like, we need to move on this now because, you know, I think there's only going to be the short window where we can get this really rocking interest rate. Um, and so once I knew that, I was just like, okay, let's figure this out, narrow it down. Um, and also in these times, it's like, I don't want to be sitting on a lot of cash. So I, I felt like I could confidently move into it. Um, okay. And, no, and yeah, it was, it, but the biggest hurdle was <clears throat> understanding all the little things like, okay, the lender is talking to me about like title insurance. What the hell is title? Why do I need all this insurance? You know, it, that was the biggest part of it where my lender was probably like, what is wrong with this girl? I would literally sit there on the phone and go through the the closing documents being like, okay, what is that? That doesn't make sense. Can you explain? Okay. Explain that to me. And we'd be on the phone for like an hour, but we got, but good it. for you. You're actually reading the closing <laughs> statement and, and, and asking questions about it. I mean, a lot of people, they just sign and they don't. So I think that's, that's very prudent of you. Did, uh, did you have an agent helping you as well? Or how did you buy it? Yeah, luckily one of my best friends here in Texas is an agent. Um, there you go. Man, her business is booming. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, luckily it was it was a fun process because I already had a lot of trust in her and she took care of me. So um, we grew up together. So it was it it's nice having that home hometown advantage, you know. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Oh, that's so exciting. What yeah. are what are your future plans? Uh, I, I, I mean, stay here like you mentioned four years and then kind of yeah. see where things go. I mean. You're saving taxes in Texas too. <laughs> so much taxes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think for me, my, so professionally, my biggest hurdle has been delegation. So I think now that I'm in a place where, again, I am kind of saving on taxes, I can make more steps for my business. And this is actually a really good example of how when you lower taxes, I'm going to invest back in the economy and hire like three people, you know, um, yay capitalism. So uh, <laughs> my, fir my first thing is just starting with uh, just figuring out the hires, uh, whether it's, you know, a videographer who can help me or an editor who I've been editing my stuff for 10 years. I'm like tired, you know, I'm like, do I really need to do every single video? Because um, I want to do more stuff. So it's really figuring out that maybe I can uh, find a local editor who's really good, be willing to pay a lot if they can just knock it out of the park for me for like the two big videos of the month. And we can kind of like collaborate on it. Um, so that's professionally what I'm looking forward to. And then in terms of location, I think we really like just having a substantial home base um, where there's family. It's in the middle, you know, in the middle of the States. So if we need to go to LA or New York, um, that's an e easy flight from DFW. Um, and yeah, we're, we're looking forward to maybe just the world opening back up. My fiance has some family in South Korea. So I know we want to, um, go there at some point soon. Oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So I think we're just, we're ready to, 
I don't know. There's there's check marks that I feel like are pre kids for us that we just want to be able to get done. But obviously, Corona has like slowed that down. So so we'll see. Is is that a, a big thing? Do you have plans for for many children? Uh, Ten, seven, not as how, not how many? as many as you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love it's so funny because I didn't uh, before I watched some of Lauren's videos, I thought it was just your idea. So I'm glad that you're both you're both on board and both excited for it. Um, the seven kids. That's a little much for me. I think two is enough. Um, yeah. I don't know how. I don't know. Lauren seems like a rock star with the property <laughs> management she does and keeping up with the kids. So I'm kind of like two will be fine if we can make enough money to kind of um Th that's me. I'm kind of like a squirrel right now. I, I feel like I need to make as much money, you know, collect as much acorns right now so I can take a couple years off because I really do look forward to, to having kids one day. But I enjoy my job, too. So it's, it's weird. It's always going to be different. I think you can't really guess or predict how things are going to happen. You just got to kind of go with the flow. But I'm, I literally thought you're you're 28, right? Uh, 29 now, yeah. 29, okay. You just seem so mature and have so much together. I thought you were like, oh. I mean, I don't want to call you older, but you you just seem like a 35, 36-year-old mature oh. person who has their life together. So now I got to step it up. I'm only three years younger than you. I got to get going. No, no. I, I think the, <laughs> what you're saying is great. I mean, travel uh, I mean, travel becomes like impossible with kids. So so yeah. do a lot of that. Uh, and, and, you know, you're right. I mean, you've got such momentum now on YouTube, you know, the, the, there's mm -hmm. that downside of, of taking time off to where yeah. like now just, just grind as much as you can almost huh? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's why we felt, uh, like it would just be, it would kind of be a disservice to be somewhere that we weren't 100% stoked about. And I think that was kind of the final tipping point to, to move to Texas because, mm -hmm. um, we just want to be able to move fast. We want to be able to, you know, continue to build into our business, um, but do it in a way that's sustainable, having family and um, having more money to just contribute back into our business. Because I don't know, it's it's weird. The more you learn about money, the more, well, for me, the more I learn about it, the more I don't care about it. So the more I'm kind of just like, I could go to zero and I would just continue what I'm doing. Like, it doesn't matter. So I'm kind of in the mode of like, YOLO, let's just like go for it. You know, good for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think we there's so much of this association with money, but it's like, hey, if you got dropped off in in uh, you know a developing country in South America or Asia or anywhere, and it's just like you got nothing, go figure mm -hmm. it out. I, Hopefully, I think Bitcoin. You, you you'd be. I mean, a lot of people would be totally like, you'd figure it out, you'd make it. Now, there's always that that thought of like, no, no way, can't do it. I can make it. I I, I mean, certainly, I think if you would have no problem just. All right, I'm starting a business over here. Let's yeah. go. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's. I think it's a really valuable skill to, and that's what I hope. I don't know. Parenting is so scary to think about that, but that's what I hope I can relay to my kids. That I think I got a good dose of was just every opportunity being like, you want this. In order to get there, you got to work, and that's how you bridge that gap. And so, um, hopefully. I don't know how you balance like wanting to give your kids the world, but also teaching them hard lessons. I don't know. I'm not going to worry about it right now, but yeah, I'm sure you could talk a lot about parenting. <laughs> You've got time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's fun. I like, uh, like just running out there and, and sword fighting or, or whatever with them, but 
you know, we haven't been able to travel much. So it's kind of like, yeah. we almost sometimes do worry like, oh, are we spoiling him too much? Cause they're like, oh, Jack's like, I saw this on you because he's five years old and he's watching all these YouTube videos now. And he's like, I, wow. I want that Thomas the, the Train YouTuber? Bridge too, you know? <laughs> yeah, the toy YouTubers, the kids are just crazy. Yeah, I mean, they're they're rolling in the dough. It's like, it's impressive. And just the amount of views those channels get because it's, it's the kids are watching it over and over and over fresh, again. I'm like, fresh, Jack, yeah. you've watched this video 17 times. He goes, I like it. <laughs> Man, I wish our viewers would do that. Come on, guys. Hit refresh, refresh, refresh. Right? <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Uh, anything else on your mind? Any other thoughts that you have? We've we've hit a lot of topics here. This has been fun. Yeah. Oh, it's been so fun. We covered so much ground. Um, no, I think... I think you did a great job. It was so fun. Uh, again, as a viewer myself, um, this has been a blast. I, I don't think I have any anything more to add. You, you've been wonderful, and the the homies um, have been wonderful in the comments. So thanks for having me. That's awesome. Well, uh, shout. How, how can people follow you? Let's get a good shout out. Uh, how should people totally. follow Sarah Dici? Rhymes with Peachy. Yeah. So my channel is just my name, Sarah Dici. S A R A. D-I-E-T-S-C-H-Y. But you can just Google Sarah Peachy and you'll find me. So I basically have my YouTube channel. Um, but also, even though my podcast isn't active right now, I have a huge back catalog of like over a hundred awesome interviews of people, um, you know, from the Peter McKinnons of the world, Gary V, all those, all those types of people. Um, so that's that creative life. And you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. But yeah, that's me. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. And then you are also on Twitter. I was just trying to pull yes. it up, but I think your name's a little different there because you actually so, have a peach in it. Yeah, so it's it's Sarah Dici on Twitter, but my actual, I guess, name is Sarah Peachy with the peach emoji, but I'm at Sarah Dici everywhere. But yeah, Twitter also, I'm like, it's something I don't promote because I use so much. I'm like, man, I don't know if you want to follow Sarah on Twitter, but yeah, I'm super active on that. So if it's one of those things where you want to actually interact with me and like hang out and chat, I've always talked to the peachy fam on there all the time. And I, I really enjoy Twitter, but oh, it can get crazy it. sometimes. Sometimes I'm tweeting at 2 a.m. about random stuff. So follow at your own. Yeah. The caution warning signs. <laughs> <laughs> I love the disclaimer. That's yeah. awesome. Well, uh, this has been a blast. Thank you so much, Sarah. For everybody watching, make sure to uh, hit that like button, subscribe, share if you found this helpful. And uh, folks, we'll see you in the next one.